0: <laughs> this is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter.
1: This is Tiny at Obsessive tiny on Twitter.
0: And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Uh, hello and welcome to The Obsessive Viewer. Uh, we're a weekly move, weekly ish movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, or shitty adaptation of a beloved uh, book series, each episode. You can find back episodes at ovpodcast.com, find the blog at obsessiveviewer.com, and you can like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer. Also, um, uh, check out com for our one night event screening of short horror films that is going to be uh, October 6th, 2017, at the Irving Theater at 8 p.m. here in Indianapolis. Um, that, uh, for that tickets are now on sale at com. You can get early bird prices right now. Prices will increase by a couple bucks, uh, here in the coming weeks. On September 4th is the last chance to get it. Um, you will, you will know when it's the last weekend because right before that weekend, um, I have a post going up on the Facebook page that says, uh, not to belabor the point, but this Labor Day weekend is your last chance to get early bird pricing. For Shocktober in Irvington, uh, so check that out at shocktoberinirvington And com, uh, and also episode sponsor for this week is Horror Movie Yearbook. Uh, it's a uh, it's a movie uh, review podcast about uh, horror movies where they take a a, ser- a few movies from a specific year and can and compare and contrast them against the pop culture and current events of that year. You can find them at hm yearbook on Twitter and at horrormovieyearbook.com. and. Tony, is she going to let you wub to belly? I don't think she no. is.
2: No. No, she, she's going to let me try.
0: She's going to pull me in with the I also. know.
2: <laughs> and then, nah.
0: She's such a tease. Anyway, um, <laughs> our guest today is Mr. Tony Troxel from Geeking in Indiana. How's it going, bud? Hello. I'm playing Hi. with your cat. You are. You are. She's very, being very playful. It's nice. Um, I think she's just surprised because there are other people here, and she's been... I think it's been like a a cabin fever kind of thing because i've been here all the time since i started working from home Mm. yeah and uh tiny yes hi Hi. i didn't say hi to you earlier i'm sorry it's okay i'm used to it it's okay we're you know i'm being shoved out by the
2: new hotness
1: yes yeah
0: yeah
2: you know yeah
1: i'm not a cat right and i'm not a cool podcaster
2: no, I no, mean, no. Not a, not a you're a cool podcaster. Blogger. I'm a cool blogger with a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Difference. Not You're getting there. You're
0: you're a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to believe it. Oh, he tried to rub the belly. And yeah, she's not going to let you And she, <laughs> Her Wub claws are belly. very long, so. <laughs> <laughs> you might get um The claws you know. are long and the teeth are sharp. Yes, yeah. they are, but she's so pretty though. Anyway, we're talking about my cat and uh anyway. <laughs> uh so yeah so this week 's episode is a should we say special episode because i don 't know if it 's special no. it's it 's special in terms
2: of like a short school bus mm-hmm. level of
0: special you might say a ninety five minutes short uh, uh, right. ninety five minute long uh, school bus um, i'm i 'm steering into it i 'm embracing it it 's okay yeah. um <laughs> No, but this is this is kind of special because it is episode two hundred and seventeen of the Obsessive Viewer, um, which of course, if you're fans of Stephen King and the book The Shining, the uh, the uh, the the hotel room in The Shining is two seventeen, and uh, and two plus seventeen equals nineteen, which is a number that has mystical properties in the Dark Tower universe. Um, you know, uh, you wouldn't know that from the movie mm. at all. Um, no. Even though they had really clear Easter eggs, but it was like it was like hitting you over the head. Anyway, we'll get into that in a bit. But this week we are we are finally reviewing um <laughs> the number one movie in America. <laughs> <laughs> the Dark Tower. <laughs> and <laughs> the laughter hurts so much. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so we're reviewing the Dark Tower. I do have one little piece of news to go over if you guys want to talk, talk about news. But sure. first, Tony, I want you to basically give your spiel, tell us about geeking in Indiana, and uh, and everything. You gave me a very a very interesting like origin story before Tiny got here about uh, geeking in SoCal, which I have to admit. Sounds does not sound as good as geeking in Indiana.
2: No, it really doesn't. We're not we're not going to go into that because that's in in the past. Right, you can find it maybe on the internet Internet Wayback Machine if you mm-hmm. really look. But <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that great. But uh, geeking in Indiana is a blog that started in May of 2010, and it showcases items of interest to geeks in the Hoosier State. Currently, we are doing a major focus on Gen Con Fifty, mm-hmm. which is. At the time of this recording next weekend, the 17th, 18th, 19th, and 20th of August. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, yes. doing a lot of focus on that, but I do shop reviews for comic, game, toy, hobby shops. I do information on upcoming events, such as Shocktober in Irvington. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Which is why I've had you on the show before, mm-hmm. and I have been here before, and any of your longtime listeners know who I am, mainly because, while I'm also an active patron,
3: mm-hmm. a- you are, of thank recently, you so much.
2: As recently, mm-hmm. not long time, but I am now an active patron. But right. I'm not going to give say anything about why do you never give me a call out because you always say my name sometime
0: during an episode
2: anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right, right. <laughs>
0: And I am really, really bad about doing uh, shout-outs for Patre- Patreon subscribers, which is terrible because they give us money. <laughs> but anyway. Um, but news. <laughs> yes, yes. But where can we find you on the internet?
2: Oh, you can find me anywhere that you can Google Geeking in Indiana. You can find me nice. at com. You can find me on the tweeters mm. at Indiana Geeking. You can find me on Facebook at Geeking in Indiana. Nice. Yeah, you can pretty much just find me except Tumblr, that is a wretched hive of scum and villainy.
0: Yeah, I uh, I can I can definitely get behind that. I I have a Tumblr account that I just basically it's it's a it's a place that I just throw the posts. <laughs> nope. It's a stop doing that. It. Just delete it. Really? <laughs> <laughs> nope, <Yes>. it's
2: gone. <laughs> Jeez.
0: But anyway, that's that's great and uh and yeah, thank you for joining us and thank you for uh, patronizing us. yeah yeah Um, as
2: bad as it sounds
1: yes (laughs) is that the proper use of i don't know i think it's patroning patroning
0: thank you for your patronage
2: There you go. There we go. Patronage. That's good. Words are hard.
0: Yeah. Thank you guys for patronizing (laughs) me That's why
2: I work in written word as opposed (laughs) to spoken word. It's because I can look at a sentence for 20 minutes and go, that doesn't look right, Google. (laughs) Thanks for
1: listening to the Obsessive Grammar Nazi.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, God. So anyway, news. We have have news, guys, and this news ties directly into our review this week and uh, how, you know, like I can't speak for Tiny, but my dream has, has been shattered. Yeah. But um, uh, today is Monday. We're, or no, we're recording on Tuesday. And on Monday, they released the Monday totals for the, for the box office. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a very small margin of, of how, much, how much was made um, on Monday. But the, weekend, the Monday after its weekend of release, the Emoji movie made more money than The Dark Tower. Uh. That happened. it's that's a thing and that's depressing but well you know if dark
2: tower had patrick stewart voicing (laughs) the poop icon
0: (laughs) then (laughs) then he would have been voicing every character in the movie whoa Whoa, i just burned the dark tower and i hate that i'm so sorry that was that's not even accurate we'll we'll get into our review okay um we have been talking for months and months uh, dare I say a year, even year mm-hmm, and a half, mm-hmm. about uh, the impending Dark Tower movie here on the podcast? We have had basically every episode um, leading up to the release. We've said something about it at some point, and uh, and yeah, it's it's this is very special that this is the two hundred seventeenth episode, and it's two plus seventeen equals nineteen, and uh, two seventeen has such a significant role in Stephen King uh, lore and everything, and like like I. I don't know how I'm going to edit this episode together because Tiny and I recorded an hour and a half long discussion of our expectations for the movie, our excitement for the movie, and our what we wanted out of the movie. So, And then tomorrow, uh, Fecus is coming over and we're doing a one-on-one and – he and I are doing a one-on-one kind of review of the movie. So it's going to be fun to edit, but um, – to get to the point before we get to the actual review of the of the movie, um, just want to reiterate real quick. Um, Tiny and I have been fans of the Dark Tower for nearly a decade at this point point. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, we read it together uh, i spent thirteen months reading it for the first time. Um, and just every second of it was just an amazing journey for me and I loved it. And ever since I finished that seventh book back in 2012, 2011, 2011, wow, in 2011, July of 2011, I have thought pretty consistently about the dark tower pretty much ever since and uh just finished rereading it for the second time and it's just that fire is not going away and uh tiny your relationship to the dark tower you love it and pretty much the same yeah we read it around the same time and
1: i think it took me about a year as well Mm -hmm. to read it um threw myself into the comics and loved those still Mm -hmm. love those need to catch up on those yeah um so yeah it's I, I tell people when they ask me why I like it, I said, I think about it almost every day. Mm-hmm. I think about the dark tower almost every day. Yeah. Cause that's how pervasive it is for me. Absolutely. It's uh, how much I enjoy
0: it. Yeah. And it's an incredible, it's an incredible series and incredible characters and incredible everything. It's an incredible saga with a great deep mythology. That's, that's really uh, interesting and intricate and great. So now the movie comes out <laughs> and Tony, you uh, had no uh, really, how, how did you go into the movie?
2: Honestly, I read the first two books back in the late 80s, early 90s when I was in middle school on a huge Stephen King kick. Mm-hmm. So they hadn't really started developing – I mean, heck, the series wasn't even finished right. at that point. And you know at that point like eye of the dragon was more interesting to me mm-hmm. than those were please please don't lynch me no 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 but, that's fine
0: eyes yeah. of the dragon actually does tie into the dark Towers, which sniff-nilly. i did read
2: in the trivia mm-hmm. i i had to stop reading the trivia on imdb oh, yeah? because it's more trivia on the books than it is the frackin film mm-hmm. yeah but, um <laughs> because, and we'll get into it more, but oh, yeah. I am planning on reading them after watching nice. the movie. We'll get into this this will be part of the discussion later, Perfect. but I went into i mean, I've heard you guys talk about it on the podcast mm-hmm. um, you especially start going heavy when they finally released a trailer, yes, yeah, finally. that's when you really start going heavy on it mm-hmm. with the firing out that episode, you know, giving a oh, trailer yeah. breakdown and all that. Uh, think you're like YouTube personalities or something <laughs> but um yeah, but that's pretty much all I knew about the film. I knew okay. idris Elba 's awesome mm-hmm. uh Matthew McConaughey eh,
0: he, he's solid sure. and
2: I knew absolutely nothing else mm-hmm. about the film
0: nice, nice did our excitement for it? I think you mentioned to me that your excitement that our excitement for it kind of bled over into you so that you were you were excited for it.
2: It was not it was not on my radar. I wouldn't say I was completely excited for it, but you're, you're the but you guys talking about it was what got me to not worry or not wait to see what you thought about it or okay. wait to see it on a DVD or when a friend puts it up on his Plex server or something like right. that. That's what caused me to actually go out and see it in the theater. Cool. Nice. So you owe me 11.99. I yeah,
0: um <laughs> uh <laughs>
2: That was. You're lucky. Was I'm just, not going to charge you for the five dollar uh, coupon used by uh, used from AMC. I'll just write that off. Sure, <laughs> sure. Those have no actual cash value. Right. God.
0: Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So that that's our kind of expectations going into. It. We'll go into our review uh, here in just a moment. But I just want to say first of all that uh, for longtime listeners, you guys will know that up until episode, I think. Ooh, when was that episode? Probably episode around 200. We had... I had bleeped every... Uh, swearing and every cursing and everything on it, and then finally I was just lazy. I was just like, okay, screw it. Let's. Let, I'm just not going to worry about it. We're going to go explicit. I'm so happy that I decided to do that because this oh, episode man. is going to have a lot. And yet you just completely
2: dropped the ball and going. And then at that point we just decided to say fuck it. Yeah. And- <laughs>
0: <laughs> because I'm saving all of my expletives to really lay into this movie. Um, did you just jump on the back of my chair? I Aww. certainly did, Tony. I
2: certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> Don't jump
0: on the TV, kitty pizza. She will jump on the TV, and then, uh, and then I'll probably say in a very creepy voice, "I'll, I'll say, uh, I'll say, oh look, Dad, I'm on TV." <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy! You like that, do you? Anyway, <laughs> the plot description of IMDb of the Dark Tower is the last gunslinger Roland Deschain has been locked in an eternal battle battle with Walter O'Dim, also known as the Man in Black, determined to prevent him from toppling the tower, which holds the universe together. With the fate of the worlds at stake, good and evil will collide in the ultimate battle, as only Roland can defend the tower from the Man in Black. And also, uh, Roland Deschain is a complete one-dimensional caricature of the complex and. And amazing character that he is in the books, and uh, the movie is a jarring mess. That is the cur- that is the um, plot description on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: was going to say, "Defending the Tower" sounds like a complete falsehood when you're reading that. Yeah, right. but we'll, we'll,
0: once again, we'll, yeah, we'll get we'll back get into that. Yeah. So, uh, so of course, this movie, we were very, very hope we were very. Uh, cautiously optimistic about it. Yeah. Um from the moment that they um uh, that they announced the casting of Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey, I was floored. I thought this is perfect. Idris Elba is amazing. He has that presence that can really bring to life this this very intricate and nuanced character from Stephen King's uh, uh work. And uh Matthew McConaughey is incredible and he could he could easily play like a very dark and brooding and mysterious character. Um so, but as the release date approached and got postponed, and approached and got postponed, um, there were these telltale signs that I defended and we defended mm-hmm. so much on the podcast. The 95 minute runtime, the extremely late um, trailer that came out, the um, moving the release date up to the summer. Uh, uh, to the summer so that uh, or back to the summer so uh, they can do special effects work and not having anything at comic con and not having anything anywhere and and having a bunch of, or not uh, hosting a press screening until the night before the release of the movie like all of this stuff is like okay but at least it's being made by people who love the love the series and there will at least be something that i love about it and it will it will at least resonate with me as a fan of the books and resonate with with tiny as well i i imagine yeah yes not to put words (laughs) in his mouth but uh but yeah so uh then the reviews started coming out and uh the rotten tomato score was really really bleak and everything that was coming out about it was just that it was uh overwhelmingly negative and then uh for better or worse tiny and i saw it on friday um and we wore our two of our Dark Tower shirts. Well, we each wore one of our Dark Tower shirts. Uh mine was um a uh, 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 a shirt of the the katet that says Other Worlds Than These and uh, Tiny's what was yours?
1: Said so the same thing, go then there nice. are other worlds than these?
0: Yes. Um tagline of the movie doesn't appear in the movie, but that's fine. Nope. Um and then uh Tony, you and I had a <laughs> the obsessive viewer uh katet group screening um, Ka-Tet being um, a group of people bound together by uh, fate or Ka in the Dark Tower universe. Something else um, you wouldn't know from watching something the movie. that you wouldn't know. And no, yeah. it's and that's fine because the concept of Ka is only like the most important thing. Like it's it's this ephemeral like entity or, or this uh, like this the Force. feeling. I was gonna say it's, it's like, like, the like they did it's a like Star fate. Wars movie without yeah. referring to the Force. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But hey, that's fine. They wanted to make it accessible for our audiences. Anyway, um, (laughs) seething with anger, like this is going to be a fun episode. (laughs) I'm just over here poking. Um, Yeah, (laughs) but uh, so we had that event screening that was, you know, the two of us, which was nice in the Dolby Theater. So, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that and about the experience of seeing it in Dolby, and I'll I'll talk to my experience too. Well, I know we've we talked about
2: this is the same theater that uh, when we were discussing Rogue One, Mm -hmm. where I saw Rogue One. It was you know. For what it was, it was a you know very comfortable seating, mm. very dark theater, very good company. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, in all seriousness, uh, very comfortable, mm. um very sharp, sharp picture. Yes. It was nowhere near as dark as some of the other films that right. I've seen, which was very surprising because I was – this isn't a bag on the movie that right. for once. I was kind of expecting <laughs> The Dark Tower to be a bit darker and I, right. then I was like – Star Wars has been a little difficult to see sometimes, mm-hmm. and Spider-Man Homecoming was a little difficult mm-hmm. to see at times, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, mm-hmm. all those are films I saw in that theater. Did you see them in
0: 3D or 2D? Oh, I don't watch 3D. Right, yeah, great. No, I and, I, uh, I think
2: that, that Atmos Theater only does 2D films. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. That's awesome. I think. Yeah. They their three their three D theater is completely separate.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I th- 3D, no, I think I that know. is
2: made for the like essentially four K version of right. movies and, with the with the awesome sound oh, and yeah. all that. So in the
0: in three D does like tint the the film a little bit, so yeah. it is darker anyway when when you watch it in three D. So that's why. I'd yeah, I think that is. The
2: only 3D the most recent 3D film I've seen in the theaters is Tron Legacy.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. A few yeah. years ago. <laughs> no,
2: yeah, yeah, a few, couple. Few. Yeah. Few. <laughs> but um yeah, so, not, so I'm just I'm just not a fan of them. Oh no, Same I saw here. I'm sorry, Star Trek Into Darkness. Not oh, okay. Much more recent, but still a little bit more recent. Nice. But um yeah, no, I mean, the theater the theater experience was great. Oh, absolutely. And well, we'll go into my opinion of the films when we get around right. to that. But And I know that's part of why I wanted to do – when I approached you about the mm-hmm. event for Facebook, You know, yeah. as a joke, why haven't you done a Facebook event? Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I said let's do it at that theater. It's a little bit pricier, but mm-hmm. this is your big – the movie you were really looking forward to. Right. Let's have it done at the theater, with a really sharp screen and a mm. really good
0: sound mm-hmm. absolutely cool and uh and yeah, and I really liked the theater experience of it too. I noticed that it is like it's like the theater itself is like darker like than other theater like you know in other theaters you have like the the um they have, like, emergency lights and stuff and, like, little lights that, that are still on during the movie. But, like, it was, like, almost pitch black. Yeah. And the seats were, like, a little bit above the, like, already fairly comfortable, like, reclining seats that are in the theaters. And then the sound and picture quality is amazing. So I definitely recommend seeing a movie in, in the Dolby Cinema. And, uh yeah. Uh Tiny. Let's talk. Let's talk about our theater experience because mm-hmm. we saw it together Friday. It was the culmination of, really, the culmination of our friendship. I would say. Yes,
1: it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: it is. You would say it's more important than than your wedding in October. I get that. Pretty much. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> I almost asked. Paige for the ring doesn't back. listen to this. Nice. Does she? Yeah. <laughs> I almost asked for the ring back. No, she doesn't.
0: <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> um, that's fair that's fair yeah um so talk to like how did you feel about the theater experience going in we had a very awkward moment that was because of me um outside the theater because we took a selfie we did remember that yeah we
1: did um i i'm not a selfie person i almost never take them um and so yeah it was it was awkward it was very uh very mad
0: hurt yeah i uh when we were in the middle of it i was so excited about just seeing a dark tower movie in the theater that someone like walked past us and they and oh, they yeah. looked at us and i was just like hi and i was like i don't know why I, didn't, <laughs> I I don't know why this like i just said hi to this person that looked over at us we had to take um, it
1: like three or four times because the lighting yeah, was bad and- yeah yeah And it was That's how you
2: know he cares about you because he took a selfie of the two of us and I'm a blur. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was not a good one either. No, yeah. To be fair, you. myself being the professional, (laughs) the one I took was crystal clear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sure it (laughs) was. I I took mine before he took his. Yeah. I can't judge. Matt is a friend of the
1: snipe picture. Uh huh. He will just. Basically, what I mean with that is he will take a picture of you without your knowledge. Mm hmm. Yeah, um, very creepy, mm-hmm. and he's very good at it.
0: My cat would attest to that as well. Yeah, and um, so
1: I can yeah. attest to that after over a decade of friendship. Right, right. Where you yeah. know, I feel like you could do that before. You could do that before camera phones or a thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, so. that is very true. Yeah. That you is just
2: very hear the true. random click, rip, rip, <laughs> rip yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the disposable camera. <laughs>
1: I kid, I kid. Oh god. But no, the theater experience was good. We got mm-hmm. we got great seats, bought our tickets in advance. I think we're the first people to buy tickets to that screening. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, a week in advance. Now. It was a
0: reasonably like filled filled theater. I would it was. say like sixty, seventy percent.
1: Yeah, more than definitely more than
0: half. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think we were the only ones wearing Dark Tower T-shirts, but eh, hey, whatever. I think
1: so. Yeah, definitely the first people there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They were there because the
0: Emoji movie sold out, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, uh, the uh, the memory, like, like, like my the thing, like uh, the thing that I said right before the movie started. I don't know if you remember this tiny, or right before the the. Um, trailer started was like okay well if it sucks then our friendship's over um and then in my head after seeing it i keep thinking of that scene at the end of fanboys which i mean hey guys if you haven't seen fanboys spoiler alert for the last (laughs) scene of fanboys um but the line at the end where he's like hey guys what if the movie sucks? <laughs> like that's kind of how I felt yeah. in retrospect, but right. we'll get into the review eventually, I'm <laughs> sure. Um, just imagine that we've spent all this time just bullshitting and everything and then then we're going to get into the world and we're or getting into the review and we're giving you a a an accurate idea of how the movie is because we spend like 20 or 30 minutes in New York with Jake before we even see the gunslinger, <laughs> which or midworld, but Yeah, that's fine. Finally, let's talk about The Dark Tower. Yes. uh, Starring Tom Taylor, Idris Elba, Matthew McConaughey, who, if you would have told me three, like two years ago, even go back as far as five, six years ago, if you had said, hey, there's going to be a Dark Tower movie with Idris Elba. From, that you know from the wire. Um, let's let's bump this up to when True Detective was on. Uh, there's going to be Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey as Roland DeChaine and Walter O'Dim in a movie about the Dark Tower. You, I would not have like I would have thought that you were an insane if you would have told me. And the worst perform the worst performance in that movie for you is going to be Matthew McConaughey, and <laughs> probably the first one is going to be a very close tie between Idris Elba and the kid that they had that you haven't seen in anything. Um. So yeah. So let's go around and talk about our just just our broad idea of uh, or our broad idea of how the movie was to us and everything. Tony, since you are get gu- you're our guest, you are our guest. Your guest is us, <laughs> and you are, I would think, going to be probably more positive than than us. I'm. Well, I don't spoilers. Know how it's we spent about forty
2: five minutes after the film talking about it on we Saturday, did. and you know, being a, poor, a piss poor podcaster, <laughs> I had a recorder in my pocket and I didn't pull it out. <laughs> oh. um, yeah. Now, first thing I can say, you know, it's no multiplicity. <laughs> Which, that was, the, that was beautiful. Can you explain <laughs> that moment? Because that was so beautiful. Okay. Tiny, you know how he is so proud of having his one line that he wants to say when a film is over. Oh, yeah. Just that, mm-hmm. that one line. Yep. He's looking at me expectantly. <laughs> and all that's going through my head is how I listened to the previous uh, episode with uh, him and Ficus talking about... Ficus um, talking, talking about... about- uh,
0: Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming. And yeah. how he was comparing uh he he kept mentioning multiplicity as it was a running joke that we were talking about how multiplicity is like the defining moment of Michael Keaton's career, which I personally <laughs> really like that movie. But w- whatever. But <laughs> okay. Ever, listening to that, the only thing that goes to
2: my head is there's my line. So he <laughs> looks at me. At the end of the film, he's kind of got this weird look, like "Okay, what does he think?" And I just mm-hmm. kind of look at him, lean over, go, "Well, it's no multiplicity." <laughs> nice, which and was great. Yeah. Had that great one, moment. had that one in the pocket, waiting to. Mm-hmm. I yeah, like it. Was was holding on. To, was holding on to that. Very nice. But in all seriousness, going into it completely blind, it was your average run of the mill late summer low budget action film. Mm -hmm. which based on what you guys have said and what other friends that are into the book series have said, that is probably the greatest crime of them all. Mm -hmm. The fact that it is that, and it's, it's semi enjoyable. It's like, for me, it's like last action hero or something like that. It's Mm -hmm. a beer and pretzel film. It's a popcorn film. It shouldn't have been Mm -hmm. right. But because I didn't have that connection, I didn't have that seething rage building up. (laughs) (laughs) Right. About it. But yeah, for me, and I think that's even, I said that uh, in a conversation that you were privy to on Twitter, Mm -hmm. I think the worst thing about the film is going to be if I come out of it and like it and everybody else that's actually a fan of the series hates it. Mm -hmm. It's like you're that person going into the Phantom Menace that has no familiarity with Star Wars whatsoever. Mm -hmm. You come out of it and go, that was was a lot of fun. That was pretty good. And everyone Mm -hmm. else around you is going, midichlorians. (laughs) So it's it's kind of like that. Yeah. But I mean, it's, I'm not going to be rushing out to get on Blu ray. Yeah. I'm not, I, okay, I lie. I was actually, if they had another showing between when I got off work mm-hmm. in this evening, I was going to go watch it again, just like I did with Rogue One. So I have it a little mm-hmm. bit more fresh in my memory. Mm-hmm. But it's not something I'm really going to go out and say, no, Liz, you've got to go see this with me. Come on, let's go. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was average. Mm-hmm. Okay
0: and uh tiny you and i you and i talked about the movie immediately after it um Mm -hmm. we did a facebook live video that was our immediate reaction Mm -hmm. and then uh you and i got dinner and we kind of talked it out some more and then the next and then on in the pod chat with with mike who i might see if he wants to do a pine tree perfume for this because he saw it too um we talked it out some more and then the next day you said Mm -hmm. (laughs) you've you've your feelings had changed for the worse for it. So how do you feel now that you've, you've had like a a, a few more days to kind of separate yourself from, and how is it festered with you? And what do you think?
2: How is it festered like that cat turd in the litter box? Yeah. (laughs) Like it's, it's festered like a cat turd. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been a roller
1: coaster because if you look at that YouTube, uh, or I'm sorry, that Facebook live video, um, Mm -hmm. I was I I think I was like trying to save face or just I didn't want to like jump to any conclusions. That's my issue with like immediate reactions. Yeah. Um and so I was like it was pretty okay. Mm-hmm. Um and then within 24 hours, I think even that starting that night mm-hmm. while we were having pizza after yeah. afterwards, I started like shifting towards this thing was just like a bl- unmitigated disaster. Yeah. Um and then sleeping on it and thinking about it, I was like Okay, it was it was just it was just a bad movie. I think it was just a bad, pretty a pretty bad movie. Um, disaster is too strong of a word. Okay, is too kind. Um, I, I, tragedy. I, tragedy. Yeah, very tra- tragic. Yeah. If, you're, if you're us, it's mm-hmm. it's a tragedy. It is. Um, you can ask my. You can ask Paige. I was I was a little depressed on Saturday. Yeah. Like, I was not. I wasn't in the best mood. We had to go out and like, you know, play with the dog and have some mm-hmm. fun, and I started to cheer up. Like I was. Mm-hmm. I was not. I was not happy. Um. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the the movie was really just a jumbled mess. I wasn't, Mm -hmm. I was, and this is not coming from a place of being upset about the creative liberties, right? Because that's that's one of the things I didn't have really much of an issue with was the creative liberties they took. Mm -hmm. I really I really didn't mind them that much. Um, it's it's a combination of other things that just really took the Dark Tower books, put them in a blender. Threw in a little couple of festered cat turds and mm-hmm. poured out half of a tiny glass. Yeah, um, that's, God, that's that's what a, it felt like. That's ex- yeah, that's yeah. my feelings exactly. Um, it it Ugh. was in terms of an adaptation, it was an unmitigated disaster. Right, but just as a movie, it it was it was just kind of a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there were parts where um, about midway through the movie, I was actually kind of getting into the story a little bit like mm-hmm. i think i missed an easter egg or two because i was just kind of falling into mm-hmm. the story and just falling in it a little bit but it was the beginning that just pissed me off mm-hmm. from the beginning and then the ending i was just like i, I am so mad right now yeah um but the middle part w- was
0: was was okay it was okay mm-hmm.
1: you know but c- again combining all together not very good
0: yep and uh okay so my <laughs> okay i'll <clears throat> okay so this is maybe the most excited I've had or the most excited I've been to record an episode of the podcast only because I want to get all of this out and just, it's like, it feels like it's just been like, there's a tightness in my chest. That's like, like I just need to explode with, with my feelings about this movie. And, uh, it's not, it's not a good movie. It's as a movie. It's not good as an adaptation. It's, I don't, I don't want to say abhorrent, but it's like, it is a slap in the face to the series. And what I, I hate several things about it. Like, I just, I just do. And one of the things I hate about it is that, or I I don't know if this is fair to say, but it's like, I hate the feeling that I had after the movie, because while I thought that Idris Elba was, was really good even though they gave him fuck all to work with, like yeah. he had hardly anything to work with. Uh, he was a great Roland. And I think that if there was an adaptation that was true, like, like actually taken, taken care, like for, like cared for, um, and given a proper adaptation and proper treatment, not even adaptation, just a proper jump to the film and television medium with Idris Elba in it. I th- think that could work like gangbusters that could be amazing i hate that for the last year and a half whenever they announced idris elba i have been actively just aggressively hating anytime someone says oh that's not my dark tower because there's a black guy playing roland because that's just purely racism that's just it's it does not matter what race Roland Deschain is. If the actor is a is a talented actor, he's gonna like he's gonna great do great in the role. I hate that that argument or not that argument, but that statement that this is not my Dark Tower is what I am saying now because they failed so hard at making a Dark Tower movie. Mm-hmm. Like this is not this is not a this is not reflective of the book series that I love and I've spent the last nearly decade um, loving and and mulling over in my mind. It's like th- probably the best description that i read was from an uh, Instagram post that was from, and I will credit whoever said it. Uh, let's see. Oh, actually it was a screenshot of a Facebook post, but anyway, the, the Instagram, um, uh, the Instagram account is at hubris underscore and underscore uh, hyperbole, but hyperbole is H Y B E R B O L E. Um, this is from Heather, some, someone named Heather on Facebook, who I think is the person from that uh, from that Instagram account. Uh, the description is my take on the Dark Tower movie. Once upon a time, there was a prolific and very talented author who wrote an eight book series that was loved by many. A less talented but well meaning writer in training made a neat little abridged cliff notes version of those eight books. This in turn was read by another man who didn 't have time to read eight long books He told the, his, <laughs> he told his sis, uh, He told his sister about the book he read. And she told her hairstylist, who related it to her cousin's best friend. The best friend happened to be in the movie business. He decided to make a movie based on the story. He remembered Roland Deschain, the gunslinger. He remembered Jake Chambers, the boy from Earth. He remembered the man in black who fled across the desert. And yes, the dark tower. The tower at the center of all, which must stand or fall. He forgot the rest. Um, and yeah, that is that is that is closely tied to what my thought was in the mo- about the movie because i went into the movie with one one thing that i that i stated very like i stated it vehemently in the weeks and months prior to it ever since ever since i read the dark tower i had one image in mind for the beginning of the movie um, any adaptation has to begin with the iconic The iconic line from the series that opens the book series the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed like that is a complete requirement for any adaptation and they couldn't even get that right there was an article where stephen king said that he had fought for them to include the line and the fucking line shows up 20 minutes into the movie it's a voiceover and it's to it's against a black screen that is at the end of a dream sequence. It's like it shits on the the Gunslinger book. And I had such high expectations because I assumed that they were at least going to, like, I thought that the plan was that they were going to take the Gunslinger book, throw in stuff from later books to to fill out the mythology, make it more action heavy for mass audiences, and have a complete story planned out. That's not what this movie was. And I won't get into the book series and everything because I do want to remain as objective as possible as a as a fan of movies in general, but this movie was a complete mess, a complete narrative mess. There's a scene where Roland and Jake are uh by a campfire and they see a they see the the beam from from uh they don't they don't call it by name because fuck putting anything of anything from the books in the movie but from the devar uh devar toy or, or Algul siento uh they see a beam fly up from it and and go toward the tower um and then and then the next scene roland's like okay well there's a tribe over there ac- across this thing we can go there and so that they can they have a seer that can read your vision so they can show where we go go in the direction of the fucking beam that you just fucking saw like it's literally a flare going into the flare sky. it's a flare that you're go- like you see exactly where it's coming from go there and then not only that but like to go back to the book fan thing of it and i will i'm i'm just going to get just kind of word vomit and then you guys can join in in a bit but um, <laughs> even then like to to kind of showcase how how much disrespect and how little faith they had in the source material um, for this movie like there's like when that happens um, Jake is kind of rattled obviously cuz it's like an earthquake and then Roland says to him Be- uh, it's a beamquake uh stay calm uh, beamquakes are very uh, are a very big part of the book series they are they have a very specific Meaning in that series, not at not at one point did they reference the the tower having beams. The beam quake that we see on screen isn't a fucking beam quake because they're not taking down the tower the way that they do in the books, or Mm -hmm. they attempt to in the books. And third thirdly, he doesn't even explain what it was. Like the the beam quake line is them giving book readers an Easter egg for the mythology of the book. Like in the mythology of the series, which is such a shitty thing to do, because this book series is is so vast and dense with with mythology, and it's maybe not as as hardcore as like the Game of Thrones and Song of Ice and Fire thing. Like Stephen King, famously, he just kind of writes as it goes, and he kind of he kind of comes up with ideas later. So like it's not as fully planned out and everything. But this adaptation was a chance to make that more fleshed out and more. like rounded and everything. But instead we get a young adult, uh, action popcorn flick that has like little references here and there that don't even feel like references. They feel like they're just not meant to be in this, in the, they may, they make it feel like someone made a movie, made a cheap fucking, uh, action movie and then threw in dark tower references because they're a fan of the dark tower and they want to make little Easter eggs to their favorite book series that has nothing to do with this fucking movie. And it's just, it's so irritating and go ahead, Tony.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you remember, we, we had this discussion afterwards and the, for the unwashed masses, Mm -hmm. such as myself, there was a beam, there was a quake. Mm -hmm. It was a beam quake. Right. And that's true. For the unwashed masses, a Mm -hmm. big beam went across the sky. Mm hmm. Then there was an earthquake. It was a beam quake,
0: and and that's fair. And that and is I know totally that's fair.
2: Not what it was, right? But that's what it was
0: to someone like me, right? And and that's fair, and that and it does work for for the casual audience who don't who don't know the books, but something about it just bothers me because it's it's not. It's not leaning into the mythology or anything. Mm -hmm. It's just using a word from the mythology to describe a thing that's similar to the thing in the books, but different because they wanted to just make a a more accessible action movie. It's kind of patronizing.
1: It is. It's kind of patronizing to fans like us. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I I had a similar reaction to it, yeah. Yeah. Not quite as passionate as you're right
0: oh i've got (laughs) so much more i was like that's dumb yeah Yeah.
2: well you're over there going you keep using that word i do not believe it means what you think it means (laughs) yeah
0: but i think my main thing and and i'm like that was probably a, a section to talk about later in the review than anything but like my main my main problem with this movie um even above the really, really kind of shitty and th- uh, thrown-together dialogue and, and lack of motivation for other characters. Well, I mean, this was the biggest problem I had. The biggest problem I had was that the Dark Tower series, from literally the first line of the book series through 4,000-plus pages, several uh, comic book series, um, and and the, the numerous... Um, uh, compendiums and and companion books that have been written by like um, uh, Robin Firth from uh, Stephen King's personal assistant and Bev Vincent and, and people who have analyzed the Dark Tower and everything. The heart and soul of this book series is that Roland Deschain is the last gu- gunslinger from the line of Eld. He has for his obsession, his Ka- is that he is possessed with reaching the tower to preserve his dying world like that is his quest that is exact that is what he's meant to do possessed to the point where he does some
1: despicable things yes in the
0: book. not only he does does he do despicable things but like it's just it's it's part of what makes him arguably Stephen King's most complex and most nuanced and most fascinating character and most tragic character is that he is a tower junkie and there was not a fucking shred of that in the movie remote. Like they, they instead made this movie a fucking revenge movie where he's going after uh, the man in black to kill him and it has like he does he doesn't even say like he even says at one fucking point he says i'm not a gunslinger anymore like what the fuck go ahead yeah <laughs> so once again
2: you're say, you're saying roland was like you killed my father
0: Prepare to <laughs> <laughs> exactly
2: yeah oh my god exactly. it's the princess bride
0: <laughs> it is it is yeah and it's and like the, the way that I equate this and the way that I, the way that I describe this for, for people who haven't read the book series and who maybe don't want to read the book series now, which I was listening to The Nerds Are Looking For, our friends over in The Nerds Are Looking For, Pat and Tyler. Check them out at thenerdspodcast.com. Um, they did a review of The Dark Tower and Tyler said, like, in, <laughs> they, they gave us shout outs and stuff because they know they were huge fans of The Dark Tower. And so Tyler actually said like the thing that i 'm mortified of anyone saying after seeing the movie, he said that the movie was so bad that it makes me not want to read the books at all Ugh. and like that makes me just like that makes me really sad because this movie was not indicative of what the books are like or what the journey is like and for people who are uninitiated with with the book series and have only the movie to go off of, imagine if Imagine if okay imagine if the Lord of the Rings movies imagine if instead of making the instead of introducing the first movie as Frodo uh is given the given the one ring to go to Mordor to uh to uh, to destroy it in Mount Doom and save all of all of Middle Earth and everything imagine if instead of that the first movie is just this bland um revenge movie where uh Frodo is going after someone at Mount Doom at going after Sauron because Sauron killed, his, killed a, a relative of his. Like, imagine if that was the main quest of of Lord of the Rings instead of the quest for to to destroy the One Ring of power. Like, imagine that, and imagine how much of a disservice that would have been to Tolkien and to the source material and everything. And on the flip side, imagine if. Um, Imagine if uh, uh, Harry Potter, the Harry Potter movies, was just about this guy who, the, or this kid that uh, goes into this, uh, um, goes to this uh, magic school uh, for witches and wizards, and there's nothing special about him. It's you know he's just kind of a one-dimensional kid. Uh, doesn't doesn't speak to snakes or anything. Doesn't have the, any of the uh, history or anything. He's just maybe he just wants to kill his professor because his professor killed his parents like that's the only reason that's the only motivation for that character imagine that and how much of a disservice that would be to the harry potter series
1: yeah Voldemort's just like kind of a dickhead professor (laughs) exactly at at, at hogwarts and he gets him fired
0: yeah exactly that's that yeah and he has the force but um (laughs) no but like imagine that and then and then like (laughs) like imagine that and then look at this as the worst case scenario because this is what happened with the dark tower and it's it's such a travesty. Like, like you said, Tony, it's, it is tragic. It is actually like tragic for me. Um, yeah, it's the, uh, uh, it's, it's terrible. But, um, yeah, that was my, that was my biggest grievance with it. That and the fact that they didn't open the movie the way that any adaptation would. And, um, and I'm sorry if I'm rambling and everything, but I just need to get this all out. Also, Akiva Goldsman, I blame him for it. Uh, he wrote several movies that are just absolutely terrible. Batman and Robin being one of them. Um, he is notorious for writing just shitty, shitty movies. He was attached to the movie when Ron Howard was attached to direct. He wrote a draft back in I think 2014 that Ain't It Cool News uh, Eric Vespi over there uh, as Quint. Uh, he wrote a he wrote a basically a description of the of the script of that draft of the script from 2014 this he wrote this last year so I went back and I read that article almost everything like it seemed like it was said that when Nikolai Arcel joined the joined the project and he was brought on as director that he reworked to the reworked the script and rewrote it it seems like it is exactly what we got from Akiva Goldsman's script in 2016 and that's just that's unacceptable it's terrible uh but anyway i'm getting more into my personal feelings and stuff let's review the fucking movie um so jake chambers what'd you guys think of jake and tom taylor (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) i mean
2: wow especially considering you were one of he was one of the high points of the film for and he was
0: and yeah and he was and i did i really liked his portrayal of jake and i think that that's the one character that actually had at least a, a a a modicum of of nuance to him in that like there's that scene where he is he's he's the story for him and I didn't mind them changing the story around for him but he has these visions of mid world and he's he's just obsessively drawing these visions and he's consumed by them Um so he's at school and this bully kid uh takes his notebook and and is messing with him and stuff and then Jake Chambers just knocks his ass down <laughs> and I'm like that's that's really good that's really great. Like it shows that he's a strong, he's, he's a precocious kid. He's very like, he's not, he's not taking shit from anyone. He's not this little like pipsqueak kid. That's going to have this really bland and cliched, um, uh, uh, come up and send everything in there or this, uh, this coming of age in the movie. It's like, he's already a f- really strong willed kid. And that's, I mean, that's fairly true to the Jake chambers that's in the books. Um, so I enjoyed that, but. The man in black had nothing like there was nothing nothing to that character and then Roland again the most complex character in uh, arguably the most complex character in all of Stephen King's uh multiverse is a sidekick in this kid's journey through Middle or, or m- Middle Earth Midworld and uh and it's just terrible but you I've talked a lot you guys I talk saying, now
2: So Tiny what did you think about
1: Jake Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What did you think? um you know I, I think he was a bright spot as well mm-hmm. um i i was dare i say impressed with with uh mm-hmm. tom taylor
0: would, would you would you say that he that he was a shining point in the <laughs> yeah, in the movie i
1: would um See, I, I can
0: still do this i still do this. i read
1: some some reviews and people were shitty about that about the shining yeah the, the shine used so many times mm-hmm. um i really didn't give a damn because in the books it's called the touch right so it's, it's got a different name but it's it's the shine. Like, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, it's just called a different thing mm-hmm. on Earth than yeah. it is in it's Midworld. The yeah. It's the, he, yeah, he refers to it as the touch. Yeah. You got the
2: touch! Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Boogie <Dights. But> like, <laughs> is over here? It was a beginner.
2: Boogie uh, Transformers. Oh. Oh, Transformers. All right. Stan Bush. <laughs> sure. You're the Transformer. Uh, I keep forgetting the Dark. age I'm working with here. Dark, no, I, yeah. I keep forgetting your your you referencing... Transformers Animated. You okay, mean, the 80s, you mean yeah, Dark was... of the Moon? Age of <laughs> Extinction? So try, anyway, try you, 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 were, you were impressed with <laughs> Tom Taylor.
1: Yeah. Um Yeah, I thought I thought he was good. I mean, I talk about mm-hmm. shitty kid actors all the time. Yeah. He well, he's not a shitty kid actor. I think he did right. I think he did a pretty good job. Um he had very little to work with the dialogue. Mm-hmm was atrocious in this fucking movie. Just Mm -hmm. horrible. Absolutely. Um, And and he had some of the worst lines, without question. Mm -hmm. Um, But he made it work. I, I could see his passion. In the book, Jake is driven by visions as well, and like to a certain, he's, he's driven in, in the books book three, yeah. and he's, he's driven in the movie too. And like, mm-hmm. I, I appreciated that. That was true to the character. Yeah. And I think he did a good job with that. He was the only fucking passionate character in the whole goddamn movie. <laughs> right. Um, so I appreciated Tom Taylor and I think he did a good job. I, mm-hmm. I think with what he was given, um, Idris Elba had probably even less to work with. His passion was not there whatsoever. He's literally just nope. a bitter old, it's a bitter old revenge story, like Matt said. And yeah. it's not, that's not, that's not interesting. It's not interesting like Roland is supposed to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but Idris Elba made something work in his performance. I don't know <laughs> how he pulled it off. Um And he should have, he's supposed to be the main character, but he's mm-hmm. just this, he just kind of shows up.
0: Twenty minutes into the movie, yeah,
1: it's just terrible. Ah. I I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Um, so I kudos to Idris Elba. Um, Matthew McConaughey had nothing to work. He had a lot to work with, but he had it was like trying to sculpt uh, David, the statue of David, out of a junkyard. <laughs> like that's what he was yeah. trying to do in his performance, and he failed. Not to his avail, not to his right. discredit. They didn't give him um, anything, nothing at all to work yeah. with. I feel like, I feel like this little magics that he used throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, was anyone else irked by the pluralization of magic? Yeah,
0: like he, is that, I honestly
2: didn't notice. Really, he I said, noticed it
0: too. I wasn't irked by it, but I don't. I didn't know if I didn't. I mean, I. It, I just feel it's like it's st- not like that in the comics I, yeah. or in the books. I feel like it just either. stuck out
2: like a sore thumb. Well, he was he was it's using in. more than one magic. That's true. That's true. Whatever.
1: Um, <laughs> so I'm not saying that to you. I'm saying that. To I, you. I, I know. Bullshit. Bullshit. Um, he. I feel like his magics where he's just like he just says something and it happens. Like Ugh. was super super lazy. I feel it like was. I feel like they started filming it. And he would just kind of wave his hand and it would happen. And then Nikolai ourselves was like, why don't you say it? Mm-hmm. Say, like, stop breathing. And the person will stop breathe." Like, yeah. I feel like it was thrown in. And th- someone thought it worked. <laughs> and Matthew McConaughey was like, really? You want, you want me to just say it? <laughs> all, right. Uh, <laughs> all, right, all right. And it right. just it, it just did not work. And it mm-hmm. seemed super hokey. It was really bad. Like, <sighs> It's almost like they are going for a Harry Potter thing, like Expecto Patronum or something. Mm-hmm. And it man did it just fail hard uh, So I, yeah. Yeah, he, and, and he was he was the vehicle for exposition in the movie mm-hmm. uh, which again that's part of why his character failed and why his performance wasn't there mm-hmm. because he has to carry that freaking burden yeah. and it always ruins the character um, mm-hmm. that was one of the most getting away from the performances that was to me one of the most egregious parts of the movie is that I don't remember where I heard this but a cardinal rule of filmmaking is you don't tell your audience what's happening. Mm-hmm. You't don't, you don't do it through dialogue. you show them. Mm-hmm. show them, don't tell them. And you need to find a way to visually represent an idea or a backstory or something. I mean dialogue's there to support that., yeah, yeah. but you need to show people what's going on. Don't just ha- it's so, so lazy mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it, it ruins the story. When you yeah. just, when you just oh, yeah. rely on exposition and dialogue, so this movie was a majority of telling mm-hmm. and not showing, so much exposition exposition dumping, mm-hmm. and just not in tune with. Not in tune with the books at all, of course, but just not in tune with good filmmaking. No, at the end of the day, that was one of the most egregious things to me.
0: And it wasn't even telling us important things about the world or anything, or about it wasn't even like world building for the universe or anything. It was just telling like. Matthew McConaughey fucking telling a character like, "Oh, Roland is okay." First of all, him saying Roland uh, can always resist my magics—no explanation of why the fuck that's yeah. the case. Not even really an explanation of what, like, what a gunslinger is, what they're what they're meant to do. There's a flat. There's one single flashback to a complete nondescript war that had like one soldier
1: on the field and about 17 fog machines
0: and about 17 fog machines. And then, um, yeah. And then like, he actually says to another character, like, uh, Roland can, can resist my magic. So I just basically killed everyone that he's ever cared about. It's like, that's, that's the laziest thing. Like, I, like when you were describing the, the dialogue tiny and the mm-hmm. exposition dump and everything, I was like, I cringed cause I remembered that line yeah. and it's like, Oh God. Also, it, there's there's not really
1: any other noteworthy performances because every other character was not worth a fuck right. in the movie. Like, it, it, not that not the actors, not just getting not a discredit to the actors. Mm. The characters were not there. I right. Mean, Richard Sayre, who is a uh, integral character in the books, mm-hmm. and was played by freaking Jackie Earl Haley, yeah. who is a phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. He's a terrifying man, yep.
0: who is only referenced as Sayre. But then, yeah, Matthew McConaughey, like at one point, says, "Hey, Dickie, and it's like. No, like, yeah. No reference to the, his name being Richard. It's yeah. just he's just saying that. Jackie but. Earl Haley
1: and Richard Sayre He he has like eight lines in the whole mm-hmm. movie, and he's barely on screen. Yeah, just complete waste of Jackie Earl mm-hmm. Haley. That was awful, and every other character plays mom's yeah.
2: dick boyfriend. That's, that's yeah, he does. Yeah. Oh my
0: god. Yeah. And Tiny, you had a great analysis of that guy's performance, of of uh, of. Uh, Jake's stepfather I don't remember what I said but you you said uh (laughs) like was he on mescaline the whole time like he had that like he had no energy it was just like this he kind of he delivered every line kind of like he was constipated in that if like he moved if he like moved a single muscle like the shit was just going to come out of his ass yeah or, like, he was holding in shit. Like, it was it was so bizarre.
1: He's like, if you don't, um, if you don't go with him right now, I'm going to drag you out there myself. It, exactly. Like, that literally. Was, that's, that was all the fervor of yeah. his performance. It's, yeah, don't worry about How it. How <laughs> did you feel about
0: the exposition dump and everything? And then after this, we'll just go right into spoilers because I have things that I want to say. Yeah. Go ahead. And
2: honestly, I had I have no comparison I can make. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it was poorly written. They worked mm-hmm. the best they could with what they had, all three of them. Mm-hmm. I just think Tom had a little bit better going for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Idris Elba was, you know, he was nailing the grizzled, vengeful mm-hmm. person that Roland was written as. Mm-hmm. Just as we know he could have, you know, nailed a better portrayal of Roland. Mm-hmm. But what with what he had to work with, He nailed it, and he did a really good job with it. Mm -hmm. McConaughey, I saw somebody mention, and I agree, he was just a little bit over the top in all of his Mm -hmm. explanation, Mm -hmm. and like said, the whole say, like you were saying, the whole saying, you know, walking past the little girl on the park bench, hate, yeah, and just stupid stuff like that. It's like the hell man
0: That's i so uninspired st- yeah and i and i have no i have no uh way of corroborating this i have no like this is just complete conjecture on my part but the way that his that his magic and his sorcery is is depicted in the movie it honestly feels like they had an idea of how to show it like like he would wave his hands and like things would come out of his hands and and like like they would have some special effects there and stuff then they realize, like, oh shit, this is a sixty million dollar movie. We need to, we need to, you know, allocate the special effects money mm. to the portal. So we, let's we, just we ADR a, him we saying We got to pull a little stuff. bit
2: back out of uh, Idris Elba getting thrown into it against a pillow. Right. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. 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 So, so let's let's just make him expecting ADR to like stuff. just start walking through New York, going Captain Trips.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. <Yeah,
2: laughs> oh yeah. See, I Which, told you I was reading the IMDb stuff.
0: Nice. <laughs> Which, to be fair, like, like it is, it is. I mean, the man in black is Randall Flagg from the Stand. Um, those two, the the Stand and the Dark Tower series are very intricately or in, uh, they're very much intertwined in a significant ways. And like he is, he is somewhat like that in in the Stand. Like he walks through, like it's described in the book that he that he walks through an area and people like develop cancer and stuff because he is this evil sorcerer that just spreads just darkness and 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 pain and and death everywhere he goes he didn't say like Oh, hate, stop breathing, get cancer like he didn't say shit like that like it was just it was a powerful thing for him and then uh yeah and to uh um, yeah i don't, i don't know um what did you guys think of the action and stuff <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I felt like it was um very, it, it lacked uniqueness in any in any form. I feel like mm. uh, i i didn't i didn't uh, pick up on anything throughout the movie where I was like, oh that that's that seems like a very unique Nikolai Arcel thing, or you know, like you know that really it, it didn't even stand out like a Michael Bay movie or anything. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was so so vanilla, such mm-hmm. such vanilla action. It wasn't bad. it was mm-hmm. It wasn't bad. It wasn't you know. I didn't hate it. It's just that yeah. I, I wanted something unique. You know, there's, there's descriptions in, in the books of some of the action and the gunslinger is supposed to be like this unparalleled talent of, of an ability with a gun. You know, it, that's part of the philosophy of firearms is supposed to be an extension of your body. And, he his guns are truly an extension of his body he says it in his creed mm-hmm. i shoot with my mind and i kill with my heart and mm-hmm. it's it's you know it's takes that concept and turns it into like a supernatural creed really mm-hmm. it's 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 tied up in this it's just an incredible ability to wield a firearm mm-hmm. and there's some cool stuff in there i like i think yeah. the speed reloads and stuff that was cool that was yeah. cool but i di- i didn't pick up on anything that really blew me away. Mm-hmm. Um I see what you did there. Yeah. Really blew me away. Nice. Um yeah, I it was okay. Especially the the climactic mm-hmm. part was was especially noteworthy to me. And the whole the whole kind of uh matrixy slowdown time thing where he shoots yeah. the guy through it. That's cool. That was cool. Given away in the trailer because it's one yeah. of the only cool parts of the movie. Pretty to much every
0: action sequence is given away
1: yeah. in the trailer. Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much so. it's <sighs> re, re, it, it's It's going to be forgettable there's nobody who's going to remember like hey remember that one part in, right at our tower and,
0: even uh, when we got dinner like i was like do you remember or i was going to tell you about like oh i thought this one part was funny and then it was literally like about 20 to 30 minutes after we saw the movie and i was like i can't remember the one part of the mo- movie where the comic relief actually yeah. was effective on me I ended up eventually remembering it. But anyway, yeah. what did you think of the action, Tony? And you have a background with special effects and stuff. So how did you feel well, about the special effects?
2: Remember, I'm, uh, first off, I'm practical effects, not mm-hmm. so much, uh, digital. I'm not a huge fan of digital. But first off, you know, to go off of what Tiny was saying, it was, like you said, it's almost like you've seen it all before. Yeah. The speed reloads were cool. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the rest of the stuff, I saw better gun work in. I, uh, you remember Wanted with Angelina, Angelina Jolie? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. James McAvoy? Yep. Mm-hmm. Better gun work in that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Heck, I just, I was able to catch the first 20 minutes and I had to go do some audio editing. But Kings, uh, Kingsman, the Kingsman, Secret Service? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, my girlfriend's trying to get me to watch that. And I'm not saying I'm against it. I just haven't had time. Mm-hmm. But she wants me to see it before the sequel comes out because sure. they want to go see it. Yeah. But just a, the little bit I saw in there there's better gun work in that yeah mm. and and once again this is someone called the gunslinger you're expecting just a little bit more yeah mm-hmm. now i know what matt's trying to lead me towards here is you <laughs> yeah. know talking about the the action sequence at the end when mm. he's
0: should we save that for spoilers by the way it doesn't i don't think it really matters go ahead yeah. no one's going to remember this movie in 2 years anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> You, you might as well just put at the beginning, you know, we really didn't care about yeah. spoilers on this. So, folks, sorry. Sure um, but no. you know, at, at the very end, when he's going head to head with Walter,
0: Walter, yeah, with Black. Walter, the Man <laughs> <in Black. laughs>
2: um, there, there's a scene there where Walter uses the magics to throw him up against a pillar. And you can tell they used all the effects budget on these beams because, as I told Matt after the show, it's like they borrowed from the physics engine from Goat Simulator. (laughs) That's how bad it looked. Yeah. So and
1: the cheesiness of like the man in black like catching bullets yes and then he takes them and throws them back like he's dealing fucking cards yes i was like Ugh. what the fuck is this right. it was so cheesy mm-hmm. it was so fucking cheesy that did not work at all terrible yeah and be a part of the problem Ugh. is probably cuz the man in black is not an action character Right. Yeah. he fights with with words in the yeah. books i mean he's he's a wordsmith
0: he's not mm-hmm. a he's a sorcerer but, who orchestrates thing and and things. and
1: and To my previous point about the action, if you... Very famous movie, Butch Casting the Sundance Kid. Mm -hmm. Opening scene of that movie where he's playing cards and someone asks him how fast he really is. Are you really the fastest gun in the West? And he demonstrates that. No spoilers. Mm -hmm. I needed that about 20 times in this movie. That's what the gunslinger, that's what Roland DeShane is supposed to be. Yeah, Mm -hmm. That's as a point of reference for the audience. That's what it's supposed to be. There is almost zero of that with the exception of like the speed reloading right again i give him credit for that but yeah it just it, it needed to be it needed to be a pervasive part of the movie mm-hmm. and like stand out and like the way that we're talking about the movie wanted you know mm-hmm. or the quick and the dead or mm-hmm. any of those movies tombstone. like that tombstone yeah it's butch cassie and sundance kid you can mm-hmm. reference it 50 years later no one is going to do that with this movie right but it should have been an integral part of the movie mm-hmm. and it just wasn't there. Yep. Was a shame.
2: Now, one last thing I do want to bring up, cause mm-hmm. there's probably going to be no other decent place to bring it up. Right. Was uh, something else we, we were putting in the plus column was mm-hmm. how pretty the movie was, at least a lot of the set pieces yeah. Yeah. that were used.
0: It's not, it's not necessarily how I, how I imagined Midworld to be, but I mean, I think they did a, a fairly okay job with their budget. They had a, uh, very different um, locations and everything they had. They had the Mohane Desert. They had the Manny Village. Not that they referenced that because, of course, why the fuck would you mention anything that's in that's canon from the books? But whatever, um, and just make them just bland, just like oh, there's a tribe of people. But um, except, yeah.
2: Do you guys know what was that building overlooking the village? What was no that, fucking clue, no idea. Oh yeah,
0: no idea. Uh, I think well, it, I think
1: it was a train terminal.
0: Oh yeah, I think so too. Which
1: could be reference referential to the books, but they barely heavy could handed. be
0: yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Even if it was like a reference to the books, that's not even accurate to reference of the books. But um, yeah, it looks like, and that's one of the one of the things that I love about the Dark Tower world of, of the Dark Tower in in the books is that it's this it's this Western kind of thing where like, like Roland Deschain is like a cowboy who's, who's like on his own and he's, he's going through the desert and stuff. He's a guns, he's a gunsling, gunslinger and then, but you, you get the, uh, you get slowly, you get it developed, uh, that the world that he's in is this almost post-apocalyptic thing where like, where like they'll reference, things from our like current day and in our past, like technology and things like that that they reference as being from the old people. And that's not saying that midworld is is Earth two thousand years in the future or anything. It's just like there are relics from other worlds and from our world that are that are like laying in wait and and, and that are just kind of all over like all over the place. And it's just it's this fascinating Tapestry of of like putting together um, like Western, science fiction, action, horror, um, uh, all of these elements together to make this very well realized uh, universe in 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 the books that's just not in the movies.
2: So that that raises the question, and mm-hmm. you know, you guys are talking about the exposition lines and all that. Mm-hmm. You might have blocked it out.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: How close was the line where he's when they're talking about the amusement park? Where he's going, you know. These are the things your world forgot. Um, how close is that to actually?
0: They they just reference the constructs as being from the old people. So like it's just this. It's fairly, I think it's fairly accurate that they don't know what where they come from or anything, but. And I I did appreciate that line and everything, but uh, where Jake's like, uh, they're theme parks. (laughs) You have theme parks here. And then he's like, no one knows where they're from or what they are. And he's like, they're theme parks. And no,
2: Jake, those were amusement parks. Right, right. Theme parks. Yeah.
0: He might have said amusement parks. I don't remember. No, no, no. He he? said
2: theme. Did he? And the former Disneyland cast members (laughs) over here going, no, those are amusement park rides. There is (laughs) no theming.
0: (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Nice. But, um, but yeah, and that's fairly accurate to it and everything. But, like he throws out the he throws out the phrase "The world has moved on," and that's another thing that I had a gripe about is like he says that like that's what is said throughout the books is that the world has moved on like mid world itself has has moved on there's there's been this kind of apocalyptic event there's no there's nothing like left uh time and space are kind of are kind of thinning out and they're and they're like it's this very uh mystical thing and that's why he's going to the fucking dark tower is so that he can try to preserve his his universe in mid-world but he just says oh the world has moved on because hey that's what they said in the books and uh, yeah the yeah. uh
1: it's, it's kind of like most of the relics that are uh, making appearance in the books and in the movie for that short scene um they're kind of all like a bunch of stone hinges. Like, yeah, y- you see it and you can go up and touch it, but you don't really know what they used it for. That's kind of how it is. Like there's in the books, there's like a, a an oil refinery station, like mm-hmm. there's oil derricks and there's machine guns and tanks and stuff, but it's, it's the old West. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really make any sense. And they're just like, well, we don't know how to take this black stuff coming out of the ground and put it in the tank to get it to work. But they're both there. You know what I mean? And it's, it's kind of like that. Uh, it's, yeah, it's cool. It's it, relic is the proper word. It is. to describe the stuff.
0: Yeah, and it's fascinating in the books and in the in, in the movie. It didn't do much for me. Yeah. Um, let's see. Should we just use this to jump into spoilers? Because so we can go into specifics about some of the set pieces and, and yeah. Because like I that. think we
2: kind of already started
4: to. So. We
0: did, yeah, but we can at least throw out like, oh, hey, spoiler warning. So okay.
4: Tickets are on sale now for the fourth annual Shocktober in Irvington presented by the obsessive viewer podcast join the hosts of the obsessive viewer on october 6th 2017 at the irving theater for a one-night event screening of short horror films including the premiere screenings of the latest film in jp Leck's cross-medium elsewhere world universe the latest film from snapshot productions and much more Come celebrate the horror genre in the historic Irvington area and meet the filmmakers with live Q&As after each screening. You can also win DVDs and Blu-rays, movie-related party games, horror-themed funko pop figures, gift cards to Irvington businesses, and so much more. Tickets are on sale now at ShocktoberinIrvington.com. All proceeds go directly to the Irvington Historical Society. And whether at the Irving Theater or in your nightmares, we will be seeing you on the 6th of October.
0: Uh yeah, uh, okay, so spoilers on for the Dark Tower. Um yeah. So this movie had a very small budget. And I am not opposed to low budget movies at all. If the um if the studio and the filmmaker and everyone knows how to manage the budget. This movie was clearly a mess budget wise because it's like there were moments where like we have these we have these nice um set designs of like of like the Manny village and and of um to an extent no i will not even i will not even say that the that the place where they have all the kids is is good it's just basically a lair but they have they have some cool set set pieces and everything here and it's set design set up but when you look at like the the um the nighttime action scene the first nighttime action scene in the, in the forest, um, with the monster coming out of what, what was essentially a thinny from the books, but they didn't say it as such, because again, a running theme of the, of the movie is, Hey, we're afraid to actually dive into the mythology of the book. So let's not call it what it is. And also don't actually show it the way that it's depicted in the books, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so like we get that and it's kind of a nondescript like monster attack thing, which I thought was okay but then we get like just hack hack screenwriting hack dialogue where like after roland has gotten away from the monster and everything he says to jake like that was really brave of you and i'm just like what the fuck did he do he went he like started to go for the gun and then he bailed and went to the little the playground to hide like that how is that brave Like that's not like make if he's going to compliment his bravery or or if you're going to if you're going to cement their relationship or really like soften up their relationship and make them more together in this make it a fucking big point where he is like he's going to save Roland or or he shows that he is this this kid that's not that's not afraid of of everything he's going to like he's going to put himself in harm's way to save this guy like like show that don't don't just say like oh that was brave of you to almost go for the gun it's fucking stupid but anyway um one thing that i did like um in that in that scene kind of prior to that though and we we can talk about that and i'm rambling again i'm sorry um was that when they uh, when i guess jake is drawing in the sand or in in the dirt and he has the stick up, and it's it's the Dark Tower, and that you see the beams that they never reference because why would you reference the beams? Because, you know, that's just an integral part of the the lore of the Dark Tower. But whatever. <laughs> um, but I really liked the comparison or the description that Roland gave about the Dark Tower, even though it's technically not really like what the description is in the book. But it was
1: it was an okay creative. It was it choice. was an
0: okay creative choice. I'm it's fine it's, with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's essentially saying that the Dark Tower holds up a force field around the universe that keeps the darkness outside of the universe uh again in the books that's references to uh, to dash space but hey whatever um that has a bunch of monsters and everything and that the dark tower is is the center of that to keep that in 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 effect what i liked about that was that he actually took like a a huge ass spider and put that there which i thought was a nice visual nod to the books because that there's some interesting things with spiders and stuff later in the series but they showed us They showed us, They showed us. They didn't tell us what it was. Exactly. They they mixed the two. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, what did you guys think of that uh, monster attack in the forest? That was... I heard a lot
1: of people bitching about that, too, that it was Mm -hmm. poorly lit, and I was... they, it's not that they're wrong but it's like it It was at night you know it's gonna yeah. be a little it's gonna be a little dark I could see everything perfectly fine in that mm-hmm. scene I it didn't bother me other than the fact that it was again just a really generic mm-hmm. scene and it's like yeah. is, is Roland uh, being is he tethered to that tree That it how did mm-hmm. it secure him to that tree what's going on it was a little confusing but yeah. it, it wasn't
2: terrible mm-hmm It was a monster fight in the forest. Yeah. Yeah. That's, once again, one of the biggest sins. (laughs) Yeah. It's a monster fight in the forest. Yeah. It's forgettable.
0: Mm -hmm. I did like that it it did pay homage to the books and that it it showed the characters what they want to kind of goad them into going into that space and everything. What I didn't like was that the whole thing with Jake's father... Like, it's uh, it was such a flimsy—I get what they were doing. It was such a flimsy thing, but I get what they were doing. They were trying to make a connection between Jake and Roland, and Roland's father was killed by the man in black, even though that doesn't—even uh, though that replaces his fucking quest in the books, but whatever. Um God, damn. i really
2: wish i was like video recording this right uh, it's now. so frustrating <laughs> he's got a vein that's not ready to do. start <laughs> popping out of his forehead
0: well the thing about the thing about Stephen deshane's death is that even in that fucking scene you don't even know that he's his father like at all like it's not referenced that he's his father until later in the movie and like it's not even book. like an aha th- no in the movie oh movie. yeah like, i guess
2: i was just running off the assumption it's oh, right. not in the book yeah. at all
0: and it's not in the book, yeah, yeah that's okay. not part of the yeah. part of the history or anything again, they took roland's quest to to preserve his world and to to seek the dark tower as an obsession and everything. They took that and replaced it with "Hey, this guy killed my dad i 'm going to go after him," and we get a little bit more like background on that in that scene in the in the in the uh, gun store, which I actually enjoyed, um even though it was kind of silly to have him shoot the shoot the gun to knock him out. Yeah. Which I thought was... I mean, it was kind of funny, but, you know, whatever. Um, you
2: know how I mm-hmm. made that connection before it was even mentioned about the father? The guns. The trailers. Film.
0: Oh, the trailers, yeah.
2: Because when he mentions mm-hmm. the father in the Creed, yeah. they showed him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's why I was so excited trailer. because we were going to see Stephen and Deshane, and we were going to see their history and stuff, but... Not at all, not at all, not even slightly,
2: nope, yeah. he, all you catch is he's told to stop breathing, yep, yeah uh, and
0: and yes, and like, like even looking at this as just a movie, the main the main slash supporting character of Roland Duchesne is is going after the man in black for murdering his father, um the most anticlimactic death scene like you would think that there would be more of a build-up and more more energy to it and more of a like a more heartfelt thing but no it's like this is just about our i think is that the first fucking scene we see of roland i think that's his introduction to the movie just pretty much once again
2: you see this is the problem we've you've seen it twice Mm -hmm. we've seen it once and we can't Remember. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And, and yes, I like I think mm-hmm. so. I think it was but I I'm
2: wouldn't put my money on
1: it. It was like a dream that Jake was
0: having? Yeah, I'm ninety nine percent sure that this was the that the that was the first we see of Roland. And it's just him with Dennis Haysbert. Dennis Haysbert gets killed and then Man in Black gives him uh gives gives us some exposition saying like Roland you can't you can't uh you can resist my magics and the tower is gonna fall. That's it. And that's our introduction to Roland Shane. That's our introduction to his quest to kill the man in black. Um, he doesn't give a shit about the tower. And then even in the war description, like, it's, it's a nondescript war. It's like the man in black wants to reach the tower to destroy it so that he can bring in the monsters from outside and rule, like, darkness. So was that war, like, them fighting to... Preserve the te- like. It, it was nothing. There was nothing described about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I'm getting away from a bunch of points that I was trying to make, but I can't remember now. You guys talk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I think it's. I think it's important to bring up the reshoots in this because uh-huh. um, they really made 66 million dollars feel like six million dollars, mm-hmm. um, especially with the with the reshoots because that yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that the scene with Roland and his dad where he gets killed Mm -hmm. was a reshoot. And it's looked like, it looks like they just went to like a wooded area off Mm
2: -hmm. of, off of a highway in LA
1: somewhere (laughs) with, with a fog machine.
2: Uh, There's no really good wooded areas like that around LA. Just (laughs) want to throw
1: that out there. Okay. Sacramento. I don't know. Um, they, they they road tripped it to Northern California to the Mm. woods up there. Um, that's that's what it felt like. Somebody with a GoPro. I mean, mm. it was it was that bad. And then the ending, which we can talk about later. But like God the ending was, was this. Ending. I, I'm ninety percent sure that was a, a reshoot as I'm, well.
0: I'm pretty sure that's confirmed that that was a reshoot. Okay, yeah. and it's
1: it, it feels like it. it I mean, it really does. It's like a sophomore in high school's AV project. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like. It was yeah. Yeah, just so atrociously bad. Yeah.
0: I kind of liked the line, the the hot dog line. I'm not gonna lie. It was a little bit it was, a little it was kind, kind of, of fun. funny. It yeah. didn't fit at all, but yeah. I thought it was like, it's kind of funny. It's like... Says like, what's this called? It's a hot dog. Savages. What breed? I kind of like that. Yeah, Del- yeah. Delivery was a little off uh, with Jake's reaction, but uh, but I I liked that. Didn't belong at the very end of the movie. Yeah. And then it's followed up with fucking Roland saying saying like, well, why don't you come with me? You have nothing to live for here. Yeah. So why don't we go to this kind of completely barren wasteland together and you know <laughs> uh, hang out and stuff? He doesn't say let's go protect the tower or anything. He says let's just go. And it's like, that's supposed to be the lead-in for a sequel or whatever. Yeah, you which, know the, the
1: certainty yeah. of food, water, and shelter that you have in this world?
0: Right. Just completely yeah. abandon that and come yeah. put all that at
1: risk in this other world with me.
0: You have nothing to live for, despite the your best friend that lives right next to you, that has a family and everything, that I'm sure would take you in as their own and everything now that your family's dead. But hey, no, no, no. No, no, no. Let's come with come with me, since I uh, <laughs> apparently killed uh, some dude after you know massacring a bunch of people um with with guns and everything but you know let, let's go let's yeah. go you heard you heard how the doctor said i have all types of hepatitis and radiation poisoning let's go where i got that <laughs> god yeah, damn it um,
1: another thing i wanted to bring up was the uh i don't think it's never given it's never given its name in the movie but it's Siento or mm-hmm. uh devartoy mm-hmm. uh another name mm-hmm. it has it's place has multiple names but it's yeah. basically the evil lair of the man mm-hmm. in black um it, i i i am shocked at how shitty bond villainish that was yeah I mean
2: it's like he didn't um, have a cat yeah <laughs> he had
0: rat people he didn't have a cat it's true there he were had a the, chicken
1: no no scenes of him stated that you fucking christ
0: i actually i I will actually defend the scene with him in the in the kitchen cooking chicken. Yeah, I, I kind of liked that because that felt like a Randall flag kind of thing. That, that did. That's yeah. true.
1: Um, yeah. In another scene, the man in black is like, I don't know what the hell it is, but it's a random scene where he's walking up to this guy who's dying, mm-hmm. and he's like,
0: "That's he, in the field after the battle with that looked like a civil war reenactment." At, yeah, like Connor Prairie or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. That's the that's a level of such Not that not that there's anything wrong with that, but like this is a a major film studio's release. Like it yeah. looked like it looked like the a scene from the Project Greenlight movie with Shia LaBeouf. Uh, the <laughs> Battle like for someone, Shaker Heights. Yeah.
2: Someone had gone to the Civil War reenactment at Connor Prairie, <laughs> yeah. taken a drone with a camera on it, flown yes. yeah. over the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But he
1: says, like, he leans down to this guy (laughs) and he's like, he's like, you're worried that you're not going to get into the afterlife or something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, And he's like, well, it's not real. It's he's like it's not real it doesn't exist and then the guy's like go to hell and he's like been there it's like so does the afterlife exist or doesn't it like what? <laughs> literally within two or three seconds he contradicts I'm himself some mixed messages here yeah it's it's like um and then he kills him and <laughs> god it's just oh god it's a mess yeah. um but yeah shitty Bond villain mm-hmm. evil Lair was just really stupid and yeah. like not creative at all. There's a very, mm-hmm. there are very cool aspects of that location in the book. Mm-hmm. And I understand why they didn't necessarily go for those, mm-hmm. but they just made it so uh, generic and goofy mm-hmm. and unbelievable. Yeah. In and, a world nondescript. With, and nondescript and yeah. nondescript in a world with portals. Yeah. Um, and also <sighs> I'm kind of, I I didn't think of this. I'm kind of stealing it from uh slash films review of mm-hmm. this, but in, in the climax of the movie, um, Roland, like, like, he shoots the machine inside that lair like three times and it blows up the entire fucking thing it's like it's it's like was it like the air vents in the death star like you just you hit it just the right way and it blow the whole thing blows up like
2: i don't think it was really that he just a bullet went through and then went at a 90 degree angle down yes (laughs) that's what happened yeah (laughs) Yeah. Just really stupid shit. But the the movie. crazy
0: thing is the space that he shot too. Like if you looked at it, it was no bigger than a Womp Rat. Yeah. Um <laughs> no, but I, and I will say this. Like I have been I have been on record as giving shit for Star Wars fans and stuff. Like I'm going to reap what I sow now cuz this is yeah. this is like, like like this is my favorite thing. I love the Dark Tower. I hated this movie. But like yeah, they the thermal exhaust port in Star Wars, it's I mean it's a li- not I mean, it's a little silly and everything, but like not only in the movie, in, in the original movie, they, they built that up. Well, they explained it and everything. We even got in rogue one. We got more background on why it was there in the first place. This is just, Oh, I have the hiccups. This is just like, Oh, he's a gunslinger. Let him shoot this thing and we'll, we'll blow it up.
2: Yeah. Stupid. Really bad. Yep. Well, the only thing I've really got to bring to the table at this point <laughs> <laughs> Are the Easter eggs? Yes, and that not even the Easter eggs for the books, but the Easter mm-hmm. the I'm I'm using air quotes here the Easter right. eggs for the other Stephen King work. Yes. I believe that there was three lines I said I had to bring with me to to this podcast recording mm. the multiplicity line, <laughs> the um, ragdoll physics from Goat mm. Simulator line, <laughs> and saying how these. These are Easter eggs. If it's an Easter egg hunt for a three year old, yes. you know those Easter yeah. egg hunts you do for really little kids, mm-hmm. where the Easter eggs are sitting right out in the open, yep, mm-hmm. in compl- really bright colors, so you can't miss them. Yep. Eric, the, the I mean, like I said, I ha- haven't watched the films in years. I haven't read the books in years. I'm mm-hmm. going Twins from the uh, The Shining. Yeah. yeah. Oh look, family from Cujo. Yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> There's Cujo because they are they're. Like it's, it's a shot. Like it's they, not they an Easter e- Yeah. Yeah. That the car from Christine. Uh, oh, he's playing he's playing with Christine. Yeah. yeah.
2: You know, it was harder finding Christine in the trailer for Ready Player One. <laughs> <laughs> no. Christine's in that trailer. Nice. It was harder. I had to stop and look. <laughs> yeah. And no, this nope, he's just play, playing with that uh what was it, Plymouth Fury? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just yep.
0: playing with that Plymouth Fury. One of one of the funniest Easter eggs for me that it, it makes me laugh in retrospect, because I think maybe Slash Film may have mentioned this, but um uh, another podcast mentioned <laughs> this, that, um, when they're at the Manny Village and they're, they're like doing the portal and everything, which, mm, the Manny, the Manny folk, the Manny people are this, uh, this kind of religious sect in, in midworld that, like, they're known as, like, world travelers, that they travel to different worlds and stuff like that. It's a very spiritual thing. But no, they just have this portal that they, you know, they need to just put the right parts in and just power it up. They got to plug in the search protector and, and press, press, uh, press, power whatever (laughs) but my thing was that they uh when they're at the entrance of the portal right before the attack the guy uh the kind of leader guy is like um uh is like remember this number um because you'll need it to get back first of all that makes no sense because they don't go back. Like there's no reason for them to go back. They're going to New York to get to the lair, to get to a portal, to get to, to get to where they're there. They have all the kids and everything. And to mm-hmm. get to the man in black, like there's no reason for them to come back. The only reason that they say that in the movie is so that we, as the audience will look up and see that the number is 1408. And it's right. like, it's just like nail on the fucking head. Like, yeah. like just, just, hit us over the head with it like what the fuck are you doing? But
2: it's 1408. Oh,
0: 1408 is a short short story. A short story, uh, short story seeing, that uh yeah. actually was adapted into a movie with John Cusack and uh um Sam Jackson. Samuel Jackson. Oh, Jackson. Duh. okay. That is yeah. from what uh, un- until it comes out next month cuz it it is going to shatter it, but I believe that 1408 is the most successful Opening weekend box office movie of Stephen King's adaptation. Really, I believe so. Um, wow, that's I think a shame. I read something like that because well, well you know, it had
2: the drawing power of John Cusack,
1: yeah, <laughs> and Sam Jackson,
0: yeah, wow. Yeah. But they couldn't repeat that with Cell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Monday box office: uh, Dunkirk, two point seven million; Emoji Movie, two point two million; Dark Tower, two million. Ugh. So it was actually third for Monday Box Office. Anyway, huh. um, I'm looking up the brand of Stephen King. But that means
2: it's up right. to 21? Yeah.
0: I believe so. Yes, yes. Yeah, and
1: speaking of budget again, I remember five, six years ago <laughs> when J.J. Um, J. Abrams just kind of wanted to make this random movie called Super 8. He mm-hmm. made the movie for like 50 million bucks. So yeah. $10, $15 million less than this. And that movie was way superior to this. Like, mm-hmm. I remember being surprised. Like, man, he made this movie for $50 million. Like, that was oh, yeah. impressive. Uh, and here we are. And this the $66 million for this felt like, like I said, damn near like a sophomore. With the exception of some quality CGI and everything mm-hmm. and some good costume work, I think uh, Roland Duchesne looked amazing. Oh, he, yeah. looked amazing. he looked amazing, yeah. He looked incredible. Um,
2: other than that, the, a sophomore in high school's AV final project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seen more quality work come out of the folks uh, coming into Shocktober,
1: yeah, and yeah. some of those people oh, yeah.
2: are only making films in forty-eight hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, um, that—that is not to disparage any of the folks that show at Shocktober. Yeah,
4: right,
3: right,
0: right, of course. Um, and yeah, and I just looked it up, and it is from fourteen oh eight of the forty-one. Um, Stephen King movie adaptations or Stephen King book adaptations that were made into movies. Um, 1408 is the highest grossing opening box office take that's uh, at 20000 for the opening weekend. $20 so 20 million $20 million. 20 million, 20 million. Okay. And uh, yeah, so it is going to demolish that because it is, tra- is going to be amazing. The movie yeah. it. But anyway... Yes, um, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I know that there's more to talk about with this. Oh, the Easter eggs and stuff. So... Okay, okay, wait. Let's let's back up. Let's talk about the sheer stupidity and ridiculous nature of the doorway demon at du- in the Dutch Hill scene. Yes. What the fuck? Fucking disgraceful. It was pointless. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was pointless. yeah, what was what was your take on that as as someone who hasn't read the books and has no uh context for it?
2: I didn't even know it was a demon. I thought it was like a defense system when you activated the portal. <laughs> yeah, which,
0: which also I think is fucking ridiculous that he, Jake's entry to Midworld is that he just walks into a house and he types in nineteen nineteen onto a pad and oh, there's the portal. Um, yeah. But the doorway demon, yeah. Tiny, how'd you feel about that? Well, it, it, it was kind of a recurring theme throughout the movie that
1: they shit all over the books in the in mm-hmm. the regard that these portals, the portals are. I don't want to say non-existent in the books, but right. they're, they're not
0: like that. They're
1: doorways. Yeah. They are described described as doorways in the books and mm-hmm. in order to use them you have to use you don't just turn on you don't flip a switch, you don't punch in numbers. Right. You need like magic, literal magic mm-hmm. you need the, the lengths that the characters in the books go through mm-hmm. to use those portals yep. is life threatening. Like mm-hmm. they yeah. have to oh, yeah. they have to wield a certain amount of magic or power or mm-hmm. there's a whole book where they're kind of doing a favor for someone just so Mm -hmm. they can get something from them to use a portal. Yeah. That's an entire fucking book in the series. And so it's, it's a really big deal to get to use these portals and they're not Mm -hmm. used very often in the book. No. Okay. So there is world jumping, there's time jumping in the Mm -hmm. books, but it's used to such little effect because it's so important and it's so hard to do. Right. In the, in the movie, like Matt said, he punches in some numbers and, like, and in the Manai village, they just crank up a generator and turn on mm-hmm. their portal. Like, it's, it, it just completely downplays the significance yeah. of
2: that concept. Yeah. And it's, it is such a shame.
0: It really it's is. It's really a shame.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. they they crank up the generator until the urukai comes in and uh, tears up the, cards.
0: <laughs> the <Uruk-hai>. Right. <laughs> well, speaking of that, they're called Taheen. They're called tahine, yeah, t- um, <laughs> which they- Roland mentions in the woods for like he says, like these those are agents of, of the Man in Black. They're the Taheen. No, that's all we that's get, it. It. and yep. then they are just they're knockoff orcs essentially I- in in the movie. I
1: will say, I think their design in the movie was kind of cool with the whole seam on the neck. I kind of like that. Yeah. That was kind of cool, but we don't really get to see what's underneath them. it, It doesn't make them that very scary,
2: you know? Right? It's, I thought that was a bit of a dropped ball, but yeah. at the same time, it was the rat people, wasn't it? They were kind of rat people, yeah. Because yeah. there's there's a one walking around where he told he had they had to go get the uh, mask. Mm-hmm. Yes, so yeah. you did yeah. see, yeah.
0: and that was cool. That that was cool, and that was fairly close. It's to Like the I will go to well. the fence
2: and say you did see what they looked like under the mask, but they mm-hmm. weren't scary. Right right, right, yeah, I've seen more terrifying pictures of fur suitors at uh, conventions around here yeah. <laughs> sure it, in the
1: book, they're not just rats they're it's they're kind of humanoid creatures that have mm-hmm. the features of certain animals there's kind of there's like an eagle like yeah. one there's a there's a rat one, there's a pig one mm-hmm. there's a bunch of different ones in the book, in, yeah, in the movie. It, they they're barely referenced, but there's kind of just rat people and- in right. the Yeah, because I think you
2: saw the one maybe two without the mask, and then when the yeah. one delivery driver got, got the side of his uh, neck yeah. scratch, you yeah. saw the gray fur poking out. So mm-hmm. right, right,
0: yeah, so but
1: kind of a cool design that was not fully realized.
0: Right, yeah. and and as for the portals and stuff, like not only is it so important and, and rare in the books for them to do it? And it's, there's so much there, but like there's such a, there's such a time factor to it because they need to, like in the later books, one of the best parts of it is that they need to, they need to make very crucial decisions about what they're going to do and how they're going to do it because the, the time runs different on in both in each world. Like, and you can't go back in in certain ways and stuff like that. It's very complicated and very interesting. Here it's just like, oh, let's go to New York for a hot dog, and oh, let's go back to Midworld, and well, let's hang out with this this chick that you that you're giving googly eyes to, Jake. It's like it's stupid. It's yeah. it's stupid.
1: It downplays the importance of important things. It
0: really does. And the doorway demon is like the worst the worst thing like i i almost laughed and like i hate that like it's it was just this this demon from 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 the house took him and then he just says no stop and then it releases him um and then it's explained later just very half acidly like oh you know the shine is very like his his shine is so pure that it destroyed the demon it's like Fuck he's, got <laughs> yeah. he's got the touch he's got the power which which okay so if they even like they could have like they could have in incor- like if they wanted to do the shine that's fine because that that that's a nice easter egg i didn't mind that at all tiny yeah. um i didn't mind it at all but if they wanted to incorporate like like the touch and stuff why didn't they just make like you know earth side of it or keystone earth side of it um like they refer to it as the shine over there but then in, in midworld and everything and in, in the lore of the the history and everything is referred to as the touch there like right. there like why not do that but whatever Rich.
1: Well, have we effectively shit all over this movie? I we think, have. I think we have. Yeah,
0: I'm sure. I'll, I think. I think this is the reason why I told Fekus that I would. I would do a one-on-one thing with him because I know that after we finish recording, I'm gonna. I'm gonna think of tons of other things. Yeah, and then I'll. I'll bitch at him about it. Right. Um, to kind of wind down, I do want to say that seeing the Dark Tower on Friday night and then on Saturday afternoon with you, Tony. I came home and Sunday, like I came home and I was, I was distraught. Like, like tiny said, I was depressed too. Um, actually the first night, Friday night, I, uh, just, I threw on Lord of the Rings, the fellowship of the ring because, because I wanted to live vicariously through that. Like this, like that in game of Thrones, like th- the dark tower deserves the care that went into Peter Jackson, making Lord of the Rings or, um, um, uh benioff and weiss i think is are their names mm-hmm. uh doing game of thrones and like i even watched like i watched this week's game of thrones uh the spoils of war is a great episode by the way yeah but i watched that episode and the whole time i was just like i was so i was so um sad because i was like like, looking at the money that's on the screen in an episode of Game of Thrones, I'm like, this is what the Dark Tower deserves, and this is what, like, it's never going to get. Presumably, it's never going to get this, and it's it sucks. It fucking sucks.
2: Matt, at yes. the very least, Dark Tower deserved the care that George Lucas put into the Phantom Menace.
0: <laughs> yeah, it didn't even At get that. the very least. It didn't, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true.
1: Oh, that's a disturbing sentence, but you're right.
0: Yeah.
2: And I I feel dirty saying it. I really do. But I mean, like, like I said, I, I didn't have a dog in the race. Right. Horse and whatever. Words are hard.
0: You didn't have a (laughs) Billy Bumbler in the, in the race. Yeah, sure. What you said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that reminds me of a whole bunch of shit that we could have talked about. Hang on. Go ahead. Sorry. I'll throw them in probably. (laughs) But, you know, it's, I, I,
2: didn't I went to see it because you know listen you guys talk about it and mm-hmm. I wanted to throw my couple bucks in towards the box office to mm-hmm. you know show my support for you guys right? mm-hmm. and um but yeah it's it, it's average and it's forgettable mm-hmm. yeah it yep. really is yep. I mean if you put that film in front of me and if you put the Andy Kaufman Bernadette Peters classic Heartbeeps in front of me. Wow. <laughs> I would choose heartbeeps mm-hmm. um, In but a heartbeat.
0: <laughs> nice. But if you had multiplicity.
2: Dude, multiplicity.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all things multiplicity. Yes. Right. All things serve Michael Keaton. But, um, yeah, <laughs> a couple other things. We didn't touch on this hardly at all. So let's get everyone's thoughts on this. The fish out of water, Roland in yeah. New York sequences. Um I mentioned Billy Bumblers. There's, there's, uh, there's animals in, in the Dark Tower called Billy Bumblers. They kind of look like, they kind of look like raccoons. Like, probably my favorite part of the, the entire movie is the hospital scene where Roland is in the hospital and then he sees that commercial of the talking raccoons. And then he says to Jake, he's like, do the animals still talk in your world? And he says, no. And then he's like, wait, what do you mean still? And that's, that's a very nice reference to book fans of, to Billy Bumblers because, um, there, there's a very, uh, one of the one of the significant characters of the whole series is a fucking animal that sorta of talks. It's it's mm-hmm. it's amazing. And I'm glad that they got that in there. Um and I like the humor of that scene, but again, it's just what what did you guys think of the fish out of water thing and the gun store scene we didn't really talk about that much.
1: Yeah. That that huh. stuff worked surprisingly well. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it necessarily needed more of it. Right. Uh but but it worked, uh, especially the the chef with the knife was That was great. That was I don't know about hilarious but it was yeah. pretty damn funny. I laughed really hard at that one.
0: That was the part that I couldn't remember. Right. The funny part of the movie.
1: Right. And yeah. in the scene in the hospital and stuff, yeah, that's yeah. it was
0: it was it was funny
1: and it worked and yeah. I think it was injected at the proper moments in the story.
0: Sure. Uh, and people have been kind of shitting on the movie and making the comparison to Last Action Hero with that to which I I say that yeah, maybe they should have saved that for the second movie and made the first movie or first installment just Roland and the fucking Gunslinger. Don't shit on Last Action Hero. But anyway. Oh, I I love Last, Last Action Hero. <laughs> but what did you think of the Fish Out of Water Gunslinger in New York thing? Comic it, relief. It, the,
2: yeah. it, it tried to bring a moment of lev- levity that really was not fitting the film and mm-hmm. did not feel right okay now of course this brings me to a question that i've got a bad feeling that if i ask this it's going to get us on another 20 minute rant okay but you saw it painted all over new york
0: oh god damn it yes yes go ahead.
2: who the fuck was the crimson king
0: okay do you have another hour <laughs> <laughs> no the crimson king is the big bad of the dark tower universe Um, he's not introduced until later in the series. He's not revealed until later in the series. Um, and it's just like, like the man in black is just, uh, he's, he's not like, basically the Crimson King is, is the, is the big bad of the universe. He's like, he wants to control everything. He wants to rule over toadash space and everything. Um, basically the graffiti is just, Hey, reference to the reference to the books that I think there's one reference to the Crimson King by name, not by name, but by like in, inference or whatever, um, or it's implied because the two, uh, Tahin that, that lose Jake when the man in black, uh, talks to them. I think the girl says, how can we serve him? And I think she's referring to the Crimson King, yeah, but is. that's it. Yeah. So tiny, what'd you, what do you think? And then talk about Crimson King and stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, th- I wasn't expecting to see much of the Crimson King in this because it's it's the first it's the first movie and to have multiple villains makes it makes it convoluted. Um, Not that the movie wasn't convoluted anyways, Uh, but um, yeah, I I I was happy with those two references. Um, All hail the Crimson King was Mm -hmm. kind of etched on there. Um, The Crimson King is kind of a a, kind of a weak villain in the in in my book in in the books. Uh, I think he's sort of a weak villain and uh he's just not explored all that well he's a little bit cheesy yeah uh, to an extent but the if you listen to the other part of this episode i'm not sure how matt's going to edit this but i talk about mm-hmm. one of the first one of my favorite visuals of yes. the books the illustrated versions of the books is the first picture that appears of the crimson king it like kind of scared the shit out of me and it's like it's super effective on me and i had like a almost like an out-of-body experience the first time i saw that image and it's i just love it and so so he's he's good in that respect and i I think that illustration was effective but uh yeah i'm kind of losing train of thought here but i'm glad he wasn't really in the movie too much because I think it would have been confusing. So right. you're not the only one who's confused. Yeah. I mean, as okay. you're reading the books, you're confused. Like, why? what's this Crimson King thing? Does, is this the picture
0: you were talking about? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, this is a Crimson King.
1: Oh, okay. Pretty cool. He sits on a throne of skulls. Yeah. Pretty
0: awesome. Oh, yeah.
1: Anyways, yeah, so I... <clears throat> whatever I, I think they could have just left it out i think it's, they as shitty as the movie was and yeah as as convoluted as a you know it just didn't need to be in there mm-hmm. but or they could have done
2: some minor graffiti that they weren't yeah but subtlety was nowhere in their no. dictionary no.
1: in so, the ending the two roses on the door yeah it's just like there has to be a rose somewhere let's paint one on this door right for let's, this for this reshoot
0: yeah and then let's have the characters go into this, go into this building to go back to Midworld. Not show them because we ran out of money and this is a reshoot. Let's just yeah. flash some lights in the, at the at the window and call it a day. Right. Fucking stupid. That was
1: ridiculously lazy. Yeah,
0: but and we can start wrapping it up for realsies now. Um, yeah. Oh, there was one Easter egg that I didn't realize was an Easter egg until uh, the until a couple nights ago actually, or last night actually. So. um <sighs> to, to put into context uh what i do like i've i've referenced that i li- that i play episodes of the simpsons while i sleep and i kind of sleep to the simpsons but what i've been doing um is i've been playing the dark tower audiobooks while i sleep which is kind of fucking awesome I bet. yeah because like in like that in like toward the t- tail end of my rem cycle like before i wake up i'll like start having like like it, the sound will kind of infiltrate my dreams a little bit. Like I had this weird dream where I was, uh, I was a bunch like friends were coming over and like my dad was weird. Al Yankovic. Um, wow. yeah, yeah. Anyway. And, uh, it was at the end, like they were refer- in the audio book and in, in real world and on Key- in Keystone Earth. <laughs> um, they were, uh, they were referencing flag and, and referencing the events of the stand where, where, uh, um, I think it was was it Trash Can Man that was like my life for you yeah and saying it over and over mm-hmm. again so they were referencing that and like in the dream I was saying my life for you my life for you and that, that was just kind of a cool moment for me but anyway um, ah, stupid anyway I'm um, so alright Max
2: Hedrum okay. I was
0: <laughs> so anyway I was uh listening to the audiobooks and um when in the movie when uh I think it's after the, when they come into uh New York and out of the restaurant and stuff and they have that marquee that says spaghetti spaghetti week at the majestic mm-hmm. um, that's actually from the wastelands. I didn't I didn't know that. Is like it? yeah, in the book when when Jake is going to Dutch Hill like he like it references like oh the marquee says spaghetti week at the majestic. But anyway. Huh. Um, so let's go ahead and just say our overall thoughts on the movie and, and, uh, yeah. How excited, Tony, are you for you to read the books and stuff? I,
2: (laughs) if nothing else, I am hoping the books will wash the taste of the film out of my mouth. Nice. Um, as I said, I, I didn't think the film was bad. Mm -hmm. I do not feel personally assaulted. Mm -hmm. by this film because I have no basis. Right. All I've got to say is it's an average action film that Mm -hmm. is entirely forgettable, Mm -hmm. which just on the surface is a crime against Idris Elba Mm -hmm. and everybody else. But then when you look deeper into it, as you guys can, it just becomes more and more insulting. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah. but yeah, it's not one that I'm gonna be rushing out to see mm-hmm. anytime soon. Yeah. Um in fact, if it's one that I never see again, I'm okay with that. Sure. Yeah. I mean I've seen it once and all right, let's move on.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say that's ninety five minutes of my life I went back. Right. You know, I'll kid around with you saying you owe me eleven ninety nine, but no, it's <laughs> it was it was money well spent. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. it didn't put as much weight on me as $12 worth of Taco Bell could. <laughs> sure. So even though my <laughs> colon could use that cleansing, I guess. <laughs> A lot like right. gizmos from the sound of it. Yeah. yeah. But uh <laughs> little inside joke there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The <laughs> reason why I haven't uh, shaken Tiny's hand tonight. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but... Mm. But yeah, that's. I mean, I really just don't have that much to add, other yeah. than it was an entirely average, forgettable film.
0: Okay, but yeah. you will read the books. Uh
2: you plan if, to. one of the reasons why I was playing with my phone over here is that mm-hmm. uh, I'm finding out Barnes and Noble's mobile site won't let me put uh, buy the book. I've got to do it. I see. Because uh, I'm gonna, annoying. I'm going to uh, start downloading them to my uh, Nook. Yeah, nice. Gotcha. Buying them through the Barnes awesome. and Noble store, download them to the Nook, and. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a plain paper, fake paper, whatever they call it, mm-hmm. paper light uh, nook, but it's got a back back light to it, so I can mm-hmm. nice before I go that's to bed, read a chapter a night. Yeah. Nice,
0: and it's a quick read. It's get
2: quick get read. back in the habit of reading something that's not message mm-hmm. forums and uh, right. tweets. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's
0: horrible for my brand. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you follow Tony on on Twitter and on social media. And if he says, uh, uh, says good night and be excellent to each other and everything, or your, your common thing there, your, the way you end your yeah. post every day, um, uh, go ahead and just send him as many tweets as possible, yes. as many posts, as many messages and everything. Be excellent to him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's what he's <laughs> wanting you to do is he, he wants you to interact with him at that moment. Um, you no, sir don't, we want you to read are an ass. <laughs> But – and this may be a loaded question, but if you were – if you did not have the context of us being massive fans of it or knowing massive fans of the of the book series and everything, would this movie turn you away from reading the books? I don't know. Okay. I honestly
2: couldn't um, – considering how my memories of the first two books are,
4: mm-hmm. nah,
2: and then I'm going out of the book going – or out of the movie going – Meh. Mm-hmm. But then I'm reading the IMBD trivia mm-hmm. that is gi- giving a lot of these little tidbits about the books, mm-hmm. about how it's tied into the other books. I'm yeah. going, hmm. So, and it's like, I'm not really viewing them as spoilers. I'm like, oh, sure. I want to see how they do this. Yeah. Nice. So, unlike, cool. you know, telling me that about the um, ex- thermal exhaust port is a sure. major part of Rogue One <laughs> and then you're an asshole and I'm blocking you on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Jesus. Aren't uh, you glad you're
2: not? that you, You're probably going to need to get the explicit tag for the amount that <laughs> yeah. we've done.
0: Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> True.
0: Uh, tiny overall thoughts and are you going to buy this? I think I have to. <laughs> That's uh, it, yeah. it's the
2: same reason why I have to own *Phantom Menace*, *Attack yeah. of the Clones*, and *Revenge of the Sith*. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah I think I think I have to. Um, yeah, and I, I think I think I'm think I'm going to buy it. Um, I, I, I want to see it again. Mm-hmm. I do want I do want to see it again just to, I don't know, make myself angry again. Sure. Uh, I, but no, I, I need to see it again just to pick up on some of the other Easter eggs and stuff like that. And. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some call them Easter eggs. Some call them missed opportunities. Yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah, missed opportunities abound in this mm-hmm. book or this movie. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah it, it it's really, really a travesty and and very, very slap in the facey to us diehard fans of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's it, just we talked about how. It's it's going to be pretty much impossible for us to. Before we saw it, we thought it was going to be impossible possible for us to review it objectively. Right. Um, oddly enough, I can, and so <laughs> because it's not good. But like as as a fan, I you know, and and as an adaptation, like I said, it's it is a complete missed mark. It is yeah. blatantly poorly done just just awful awful adaptation Mm -hmm. um and as a as a diehard fan of the series i hated it Mm -hmm. i hated it but as as a conscientious objector that's not right conscientious (laughs) viewer um Mm -hmm. not you know objectively Mm -hmm. looking at it it's it's just kind of a bad movie yeah it's just kind of a bad movie with a few bright spots that were kind of fun or kind of okay Mm -hmm. um it's 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 a compilation of scenes that are not that are not sewn together all that well. Right. Um, middling performances, terrible dialogue, and and just just a,
2: a structural mess for yep. the most part. Um. Well, lucky for you, this isn't the objective viewer podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Right. That, that very well said, yeah. Tony. Yeah. I
0: um I I'll have to own it too. I'm sure yeah. I'll buy it. Um. I'll support
2: you guys, but not that far. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Sure.
0: Well, at this point I don't want the, like, I want this to just be buried. I want it to just, I want it to be. Yeah. I want in 20 years for someone else to make it, make it right. Um, and just, just forget that this happened. But anyway, um, as a fan of the books, this is heartbreaking and it is just absolutely a travesty. And, um, and I'm not even angry at them for changing up. Like, like, in the lead up to this movie the way that the series plays out uh, the way that the book series plays out like it was very clear that this this movie is was meant to be like a hybrid of um an adaptation but also somewhat of a continuation of the main series and everything which sort of like i was excited for that because i was expecting I was expecting something very different. What we got was them throwing in a prop that is for book fans would notice it immediately, uh, throwing in a prop to give them an excuse to just completely mangle the entire, everything, uh, to give them an out. And what I'm finding is that like if people like this movie, that's great. Hey, if you like the movie... Good for you. I'm glad that you liked it. I'm glad that you found um, enjoyment in it. But I posted something on the Dark Tower uh, subreddit, and one of the comments was like – because I, I posted – and I'll talk about what I posted here in a bit and when I wrap this up. But um, one of the responses or some of the responses that I've seen on Reddit and in in the Dark Tower fandom and everything is that like – well, if it's a continuation, just just see it as a continuation. And that's why it's that's like why it wasn't good is that because you didn't see it as a continuation. As a fan of the books, it's very clear that yes, we know that that we know how it falls in the canon and everything. We don't like it because it's a bad movie.
1: Yeah.
0: And it doesn't have the the shit that we liked in the book series at all. Like we, I don't care that they changed anything cuz that cuz if they had done it right, the book series the nature of the story gives them the right to make any changes they want it just wasn't done well and it was a mess and it was just it was a complete shit show it feels like someone had the rights to the dark tower and needed to make something before the rights expired and they lost it like yeah. it felt like that type of movie and it felt like at times it felt sort of like a proof of concept that this is like okay this is a collection of scenes that can serve as uh, as a movie um, as, as an idea for the kind of movie that we want to make. So go ahead and and finance this movie that we want to make out of, out of what we have here. And like I said, I'll own it because I'm a diehard, uh, dark tower fan and there were moments in it that I kind of liked and I want to see how everyone justifies themselves on the commentary. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, um, like the entire time that you and I were watching it, Tony, um, I was sitting there thinking like I was like, I was seeing the scenes in front of me and I was picking apart the ones that looked visually nice and thinking like at some point I wonder if like to challenge myself, I wonder if I could edit together a trailer that would out of just footage from the movie to make it like look like it would be a good movie. Like that would be a challenge that I wouldn't want to do. Mm. I'd have to learn how to edit video and stuff, but I have six or so months to figure that out.
2: (laughs) I'm not loaning you my, uh, Editing laptop. Well, we'll
0: t- we'll talk off the off the <laughs> air. Um, but anyway, my final thought, and this is a little inside baseball baseball for book readers of it and everything. And tiny, I hope that you appreciate this. Um, one of my favorite Easter eggs in the last moment of the movie that I that I had, where I thought that this could be a really fun movie and really good. That the, the the last moment that I had thinking that this could be a good movie was in the opening credits when they had the, the uh, studio logos and they threw in one uh, that I'm sure Tony, you didn't catch this, but it said Tet corporation and it had a turtle and a rose. And that that was the, like the last like studio logo that came up. I loved that because that's a reference to the books. There is something called the Tet corporation that comes up later in the books. And uh, it, it was a nice Easter egg for fans. My, my, um my new fan theory for why the movie is bad and how the movie can fit in the canon of the series without being completely shitting on it. Um like this is my new headcanon for it um oh, that yeah that the entire movie is a propaganda film made by the tet corporation yeah. as part of their clandestine like conflict with the sombra group which this is all played out on keystone earth in in keystone earth on uh, in in the latest books and later books in the series but there's this whole like hint, thing that there's two corporations that are going after each other all in the name of of one is a, one is like basically represents the Crimson King's forces. One re- represents like Roland and the Cotet and the line of Elden and everything, but it's all done clandestine with corporations and stuff. My rationale is that hey, this is the Tet Corporation making something, putting it out to the masses to to undermine Sombra and the Crimson King. That's my new headcanon. That's why the movie sucks because it's made by uh the Tet Corporation and a bunch of people like some old guys and uh some uh uh dental uh manufacturing moguls and stuff like that um
1: nobody has any that's fucking why, idea what you're talking about now. i
0: know right <laughs> so that's why i'm okay with like i do that's why i can be okay with this <laughs> yeah that's my new head cannon. my cat's breath <laughs> smells like cat food <laughs> <laughs> i can't blaze that reference ralph ah, yes i knew that yes <laughs> nice i love it okay I, was, I
2: just wasn't gonna damage your levels by putting my voice at that pitch oh though. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: Okay, so anyway, that's our review of The Dark Tower. The shining, the silver lining of this entire experience is that not only not only was the Rotten Tomatoes score, after Tiny and I saw it, at a 19%, which 19 has mystical properties within the Dark Tower universe and Stephen King's work. Um, not only that, but the opening weekend box office was $19 million in change, which I I like that as someone who like was listening to the last book of the dark tower and finishing his reread of the dark tower and looked on his ceiling and saw an outline of the dark tower and lights. (laughs) So anyway, um, that's our review of the dark tower. We'll have, uh, on for something for, to talk about it and I'll be bitching about it more and I'll edit this and this will all be a nightmare. (laughs) Um, all right. So, um, everything is everything is meaningless and everything sucks uh tony thank you so much for joining us i hope that we didn't uh bogart like a discussion too much with with, yeah
2: uh, how dare you do all the talking on your own podcast
0: (laughs) how dare you sir (laughs) well if people wanted to listen to more of you and they didn't feel like they didn't get their fill of, of your voice in this episode where can they find the geeking in indiana podcast and your blog and everything
2: my blog can be found at com. If you look on the side of the blog or on the bottom of the page, if you're on mobile, you will find a list of links, including the Indiana Geeking Podcast, as well as a new shop link where you can find Indiana Geeking fidget spinners and pins.
0: Awesome. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was well done.
0: Yeah. Oh, that was very nice. Very that,
2: cool. That's college radio experience right there. Very nice. Nice. nice.
0: Yeah. Um, also <laughs> as a final, final note, I really want to see more movies with you because you definitely, uh, bring out my, uh, you, you push me to be self-promotion <laughs> promoting things. Oh, so yeah, that poor, um, <laughs> before
2: we go to the, to the young <laughs> woman that was cleaning the theater at the, um, AMC at Castleton that was mm-hmm. so into the discussion about the movie. <laughs> um, that, you know, we have people trying to go in and she, she hasn't got her job yeah. done yet because Matt's bogarting her time just as they're going on about the movie versus the book. Uh. Yeah. And then I just as we're leaving, I go. And if you want to hear more of his thoughts, you can <laughs> listen to his podcast. <laughs>
0: and she and I felt so bad because she said that she also has a podcast that's on hiatus. I didn't think to ask like what it was or anything. Oh I felt so, really. You know bad. What? So If, you're, if listening, you're
2: listening, reach out to this podcast. These yes. are the the two guys Sunday the five fifteen showing. Mm-hmm. One was trying to leave. The other one just kept talking to you. The, the yeah. guy that was trying to leave is the one talking right now. Okay. Yes.
0: <laughs> and the guy talking right now is the guy who made you immediately regret asking what how the movie was (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah so anyway uh thank you guys for listening is there anything else that we need to say or can we cause a wheel i hope it comes back around i hope so too i'd also like to point out that this discussion is probably longer than the film itself i think it is we are at two hours and 17 minutes (laughs) of recording no way yep and then Tiny and I have an hour and a half of recording of us uh, just bullshitting or doing our expectations. Yeah. Fekus is coming over tomorrow to uh, record his thoughts as well. So, so the yeah.
2: entire month of September is going to be Tower, right. month yeah. on the obsessive viewer <laughs> <Exactly>. podcast. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh God. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, so thank you guys for listening once again. Buy your tickets to Shocktober in Irvington. Uh, right now, they're at shocktobernervington.com. Tickets are on sale. Uh, the price is six Very,
2: very reasonable stars. for the amount of entertainment you're going to be receiving that evening, Absolutely. in addition to all the prizes that are going mm. to be given out, yeah. including yes. movies, funco pops, mm-hmm. gift cards for local businesses. Why am I doing your job for you? I give <laughs> <hand laughs> you the money, you motherfucker.
0: Do. <laughs> 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 You're supposed this you to for me <laughs> <laughs> that is very true that is very true um, yeah so okay tickets are on so now six dollars up until Labor Day weekend after Labor Day they will go up to eight dollars buy them on uh, uh dot com uh, special uh, special discount for listeners of the podcast type in podcast one uh, for a one dollar discount on the tickets um, into the promo code on that and then uh, yeah and there's also a spot for donations to the Irvington Historical Society uh, so go check that out it's October 6th 20 17 at the Irving theater. Okay. And can we stop talking? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time. Thanks guys. Thanks. I was, I was
2: at uh, the stump a geek up at Kokomo toys last okay. Friday. And um, I'm told, no, let the kids win. They got a ton mm-hmm. of prizes to give away. Let the kids feel good. Someone comes in, has his kids walk up, and then someone that knows Sean, the owner of, uh, Comics Cube, that's doing this with me. Okay. And Sean just looks at the kid, goes, no Star Wars questions. Uh (laughs) And Sean looks at me after kid around with them and their dad for a few minutes, goes, wait a second, we have Tony here. (laughs) <laughs> yes drop the star wars questions tony answer them <laughs> <laughs> nice and uh the first he had two kids come up and ask questions the first one was like what company makes the tie fighters in star wars Jeez. and i, I look oh. at sean and go you want me to answer this he's like yes <laughs> please i go sign our systems
0: jesus wow
2: and the kid looks back at their dad. <laughs> the kid doesn't know. <laughs> and the dad's just like, yeah, that was it. <laughs> and then the next kid comes up and they're like, Well, you know what? You didn't know Tony was going to be here. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Go grab go grab a prize. <laughs> the second kid comes up and goes, Who what is the make of the X-Wing fighters in The Force Awakens? Oh, wow. And kind of looks at me and I just look at him and go, It's a T seventy. <laughs> See, wow. yeah, uh, you're just looking at me like, nerd. Yeah. Nerd. yeah. I, one of my things is props, mos- uh, props costumes, and mm. building models. Right. Yeah. And so this stuff is on all the prop and model boxes. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. right.
0: But it's really good that you have, like, something that is uh, – uh, like such a vast kind of thing that has, like, like, like that franchise, like Star Wars, like that's massive and it has such a huge following and so much trivia and stuff. It's really nice that you guys all have that and that people have that and Star Trek and, and Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and Game of Thrones, you know, things that have like really big, vast Twilight. Twilight even <laughs> that has Damn. really, uh, M- and yep. Yeah, yep. no kidding. <laughs> dug deep for that, that they, one. That they're adapted and they have all this merchandise and, you know, midnight screenings. And it's so great. So great.
1: We still have the books, Matt. <laughs>
0: I, we do. We do. We have the books and the comics and the imagination <laughs> and stuff. Um, and remember, yeah. they've
2: only it, it took them how many years to go between Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man Homecoming?
0: To That's, do true, and That's true. And that was Sony. Also, and Sony is clearly f-
4: Fucking I'm not idiots here, I'm not here to give you false hope <laughs> Oh, no, no, no I just want
0: to give you some manner of hope <laughs> yeah. No, there is no hope The world is a barren wasteland of, of shittiness No, no,
2: look Remember <laughs> remember what bad CGI Leia said
4: hope. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hope
0: But did she look like a ragdoll Like the ragdoll physics From the simulator <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, there's going to be more, uh, more Dark Tower discussion and everything um, in the days to come on this podcast. I did record that uh, aforementioned episode with with Fekas, um, where we talked about the movie and, and about the studio side of it and kind of the actual failure of producing it and everything. Um, I'm going to release that separately, and I will have a Pine Tree perfume from Mike uh, to include on that. So be on the lookout for that in the next uh, few days or so. Um, I am kind of toying with an idea that I wanted to kind of get a read on uh, our listeners to see what what they think. Um, Me and Tiny have been talking a lot about the Dark Tower in the months, in the previous months leading up to the movie um, on the podcast, and we've talked about it a lot over the last seven years. Um, just together. So I was just curious, um, just to kind of get a read on. And if you're listening to this, let us know what you think of this. But assuming that we could, could figure out the logistics of it and assuming that I'm, I can get back on track with Anthology and all my other podcast stuff uh, beforehand. How would you guys feel about, uh, Tiny and I doing a, uh, an infrequently released, um, dark tower podcast specifically about the dark tower series um the books we're kind of going through them um part by part and having on i don't know how the format will be but maybe a rotating rotating uh um rotating guests who maybe aren't familiar with the books and kind of discussing them um every, I would think maybe monthly or maybe a little more frequent than that. I'm not sure. Just something that I'm kicking around. If you have any thoughts on that, let us know. Twitter, Facebook group, everything. I'll post this on the Facebook group as well. And uh, and yeah, Twitter, Facebook, all that. Uh, thank you guys for listening and um, long days and pleasant nights.
3: Thank you for listening to The Obsessive View, presented by obsessiveviewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found. If you'd like to support the show, the best and easiest way is to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. More ratings and reviews means it'll be easier for people to find the show in the highly competitive film and TV podcast genre. It also provides us with valuable feedback on the show. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a one-time PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate or become a patron at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer for recurring donations with different reward tiers. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, notebooks, phone cases, and more, visit our Tee Public store. You can also buy other great Tee Public designs in our store, and we'll get a small commission on the sale. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. The Obsessive Viewer's theme song is An Eclipse of Events and is provided by Loud Like from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. You can find that and more great music from them on iTunes. And like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash loud like music. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. We love to hear from you guys. You can contact us by emailing podcast at obsessive or by tweeting us at obsessive at obsessive tiny and at I am Mike white. You can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer where you can take part in discussions and polls between episodes. For more podcast content, check out Anthology, Matt's solo podcast, where he's reviewing The Twilight Zone as a first-time viewer and exploring other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows. You can find Anthology at anthologypod.com and anywhere podcasts are found. For book lovers, you can check out our sister site at obsessivebooknerd.com for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the app of your choice. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.